everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, or I hope your Thanksgiving is well, uh, depending if, uh, if you're not in Canada, in which case it was last month. This is probably science. I'm Jesse Case. I'm joined, as always, by uh, Matt Kirshen. And uh, I should probably point out that I have no idea what Thanksgiving is. It's not of my people. Sure, sure. And uh, Andy Wood. I'm very thankful. Good. For lots of things. Uh, Including that I wasn't murdered in a third world country. Yes, we have to talk about your Nicaragua trip. Andy's back, everybody. Andy's, Andy's back. Andy's wearing a sarong. Yep. So he, <laughs> so he's and his changed. hair's bleached and he's got a... Yeah, seashell necklace. Yeah, braided. Puka shells. I got a lower back tattoo that I think <laughs> is a Sanskrit word meaning peace, but uh, right. I'm not totally sure. No, no way to know. Yeah. I'm sure you guys noticed different intro tune. Um, so what's happening there? That, that was composed by uh, Guillermo Sarko. Who uh, uh, took himself to task on the? Uh, well, that's not the right term. Isn't but it? He, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> he, maybe he's hard on himself. He's, maybe he's, he's hard on himself. Well, you might remember in the Karen Gillan episode where she said the words "get a load of wigs out of these perverts." Get a load of wigs out of these perverts. And Jesse suggested someone, one of our listeners, <laughs> might want to isolate that sound. Do a little remix, and uh, Guillermo did it. And uh, you guys, uh, that was it right there. But of course, he has a SoundCloud page, which is very good. It's very like Brian Eno type stuff. And that's uh, soundcloud.com slash Guillermo hyphen Sarco. It's S-A-R-C-O. A bit I hard to spell. Unlike Guillermo. I don't want to tell him what to do, but like Guillermo del Tecno. Huh? Wouldn't that be a good, good call? Yeah. Guillermo, Guillermo <laughs> del Tecno. Yeah. If you're a fan of the work of the director of Pan's Yeah. Labyrinth. Why isn't he doing it? Yeah. Yeah. But then again, like Guillermo is like, is common. It's William. So it's like, it sounds novel right, to but us, why do, but then why doesn't And then he... also musical people are... Quite specific about the genre they're in. He's probably listening Coming right now. Going, this is it's not, not techno. I'm yeah. not techno. Yeah, yeah. Right, but why? But then he could do like a pan labyrinth where he just like pans back and forth. <laughs> you know, he could do all kinds of cool stuff like that. Yeah, he or a pun it. on one of the other films that the guy did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was the robot movie that just came out that was awful? Pacific Rim. That wasn't awful. It was pretty good. Pacific Rim. Yeah, it was brutal. I I think that you should watch it again. Really? Was, I mean, but by the standard of those movies, it's way better than, than like... Your, your trouble with your gravity. It's going to win all the Oscars. What are we <laughs> <laughs> Compared to Transformers, it was, it was Citizen Kane. It was, yes, it was Citizen Kane of Transformers, um, which it was weird there was a sled in there, but, but I... Yeah. Um, Anyhow. So, so, yeah, Guillermo, thank you so much. If anyone else wants to remix the song, uh, the intro song, or anything that we say, please do so, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll play it on the show, provided it, we don't think it's awful. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> And we have, we have some, um, in which case we won't. Um, we have some thank yous to get to. We've got to. loads of thank yous. We've got so many. I think we should very briefly introduce our guests, because yeah. otherwise yeah. she's going to be sat on the other side of the table for ages, because we, we've, we've been off for two and a half, three weeks while emails have been coming in. It yeah. is weird that we make our guests sit across from us at a very long table. Very long table. And just us three on one side. <laughs> and then like that date <laughs> scene in the Michael Keaton Batman. Right, yeah. right. You pass the salt. Salt. All right. Um, a friend of mine from the UK and now mostly based over here, right? Yeah. Uh, British people might have seen her on a whole load of TV and American people are just starting to see her on some TV stuff over here. The very funny Andy Osho. Hello. Thank you for coming, coming, Andy. Well, thanks for having me at this uh, very long table. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be tricky. We have two Andys. Yeah. I don't know how listeners could possibly tell us apart. Well, indistinguishable. For the remainder of the show, uh, Andy Wood, you you shall be Thomas. Okay. We're going to do that. Uh, Andy Middle Osho's name. middle name is what? And Andy, you can be Tomas. Tomas. Yes. Tomas. <laughs> can I be Techno Tom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, what's your middle name? Benjamin. Benjamin? Yeah. How about you? That's a great name. Uh, Morenike. Morenike? It's a, yeah, Nigerian name. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. What's, is, is Andy, what is Andy short for? Yawande. Oh, yeah. Wow. You're getting on at me now. Yawande Moronica Osho. So, for ease... 
Andy Osho. Right. Yeah. Sure. But Yo Andy might be a pretty good stage name too. It sounds well, pretty after awesome. After all these years, I know it's too late now. Say, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to change a lot of business cards, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I've got a, a Sharpie, so I can do that. How do you spell Yo Andy? Uh, y e w a n d e. There's no weird like characters in that. Forgive my ignorance. <laughs> I, I'm serious though. I don't know. It's just, it's the same alphabet. I know yeah, Cyrillic yeah, same, is different. And I didn't alphabet. know the Nigerian alphabet was the same. Y- yeah, pretty much. Don't pretty be much. offended. <laughs> don't look at me like that. That's a legitimate no, question. I, I feel like my look is quite neutral, but I think you're reading something into it. I'm going to do the look again. Ooh, uh, yeah, I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. feel a bit judgy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I no, I didn't mean to offend. I I, I couldn't tell by your face because you all look the same. So I, I didn't, I didn't mean to. Uh, yeah, and I'm in the shade. <laughs> She's smiling. Um, all right. So we, what are some some thank yous we have to get? To? I wish we didn't have to always say she's smiling every every show. Uh, it's, it's okay. What I'm saying is not awful. Yeah, new new shirt. So we've got we've got a load of people who have being kind enough over the last couple of weeks to send in money and donate which again like never fails to surprise and impress and delight and it's it's wonderful that people are sufficiently into the show that they want to chuck us some money to help make it happen no it's Um, huge huge. the the donate button is at probablyscience.com there's a little donate tab at the top and you can paypal money um or even um you can uh we had one person writing we should probably mention right at the top because he was extremely generous matt mayfield who mm-hmm. wrote to us saying he doesn't do PayPal for some reason, uh, for probably quite, some quite legitimate reason. We don't know why, Matt. Maybe a spy, maybe off the mm-hmm. grid, maybe... He's not that off the grid because he sent in a check. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he was he, kind enough to send in a very generous It could check. have also been a ploy to find out my home address. That's she was well, that's the thing, is to find out where we live, Andy, and I feel like that amount of money was worth our address. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of personal safety for uh, a sure. check to help us cover our costs. So thank you for that, Matt. So, yeah, really appreciate it. Um, so, so we also had a uh, Nimrod Argov, which the- who, who's both a listener to the show and a Russian spacecraft. Uh, <laughs> but he's from Israel, and I, I, okay, I'm, I'm very unknowledgeable about uh, Hebrew names, but I'm pretty sure Nimrod is not a name, right? Is that the same That's- alphabet. Same. That is a different that is alphabet. A different alphabet. <laughs> Thanks but for turning no to the Jewish Nimrod member. Of the- <laughs> it is a different. It is a different alphabet. Huh. Uh, you, you, you're familiar with the term Nimrod, meaning like a dimwit, right? Yes. I don't know if that's... No, I'm serious, Matt. Yeah. You, okay, yeah, no, okay. I, yeah, that's, but it's, that's an American term. Right, but yeah. there's no way that just coincides with the actual... Well, the American invention, the, the Nimrod, which to build a Nim, you'd need several... For support, at least three of them. Yeah. To have a stable Nim. Three, okay, now... Three, three Nimrods. Andy and I are both completely <laughs> off. Well, Thomas and I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, so someone who either is named Nimrod or has given himself that that nickname. Um, so, um, so running through, Mark, Mark Cashino also sent in some money and lo- says he loves it when he talks shit about your our roommate. I say our room, like your their roommate. <laughs> I think one of them's drunk at a Cashino right now. Uh, huh? We we probably got what? some. I don't get it. His last name is Cashino. Oh, oh okay. Yes, Come on, right. man. Yeah, <laughs> um, Guys, it's been two weeks. We're a little rusty. <laughs> We're a little rusty. My head's still in the Oh, cargo. God. Lindsey Brown sent in a ludicrously generous donation. Thank you so, so much, Lindsey. Yeah, Lindsey, we, we saw that email. Was, my job's yeah. on the floor. Thank you very much, um, Lindsey. Uh, Sandy Nelson uh, say, uh, who said, uh, Sandy will be following the Kiwi who's donating every time a New Zealander appears. Sandy will be donating every time a Scottish person is a guest. So thanks, Karen Gillan, for getting some money out of Sandy. And Sure. And I checked, I, I replied to Sandy, and apparently it does count. We're playing um, World Cup rules, so Scottish grandparents. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Heritage, that still counts. Okay, great, great. So and she know. wants more medical stories. Everyone, uh, oh yes. Everyone yes. wants more medical stories. Sandy we'll, wants we'll more medical stories. Yeah. Sandy is an A&E doctor, which is your version of ER. No, I'm pretty sure that means that she has a reality show. Uh, about Sandy, Sandy, Sandy's more likely to be a guy in Scotland. What's that? Sandy's a guy, isn't it? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. It's Scotland, Scotland, and Ireland are both are both weird with the. Uh, yeah. Well, not. I don't know why. I'm saying weird. Maybe we're weird. I don't know. But there, there's a lot of crossover there. There's a lot of androgyny with the names. Whatever yes. gender you are, Sandy. Thank you so much for your donation. We will be trying to get some more Scottish people. Um, Oscar Tigwell, thank from Australia. Um, I'm going to skip over the next one for a second because we're going to come back to that. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Osmo sent in some money and also a question. Uh, tweeted a question for Larry and uh, Jamie. Larry and Jamie. Yeah, about, got, about three inches. Uh, <laughs> were, uh, Larry and Jamie were our physicists uh, from a couple of weeks ago. And um, Nicholas sent in, uh, hey, probably science. Love the interview with the two docs. A question I have about the gravity waves is how fast are they? Speed of light? And I, Good quick- question. I quickly looked it up and Wikipedia said... Yeah, speed of light. So that was my first reply. But just to be safe, I also <laughs> emailed to the our physicist? professional physicists rather than just trusting Wikipedia. And Larry was kind enough to reply with this. Um, the answer is probably. Uh, this is certainly something we'd like to test once and for all with gravitational wave measurements. Uh, brackets, turns out it's kind of tricky. But there's currently no compelling reason to think that the speed of gravity is much different from the sc- speed of light. Though there are theories that do predict the difference. Well, I hope that helps. So <laughs> In keeping with the title of our show, that's exactly the kind of wow. ambiguity we would expect. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is quite ambiguous. So it, it does both help and not help at the same time, as many else of science tend to. Um, and finally, finally. I, hope, I hope we haven't missed out any other people who donated. If we did, I tried to gather everyone who sent in money over the time we were away. Uh, I hope we got everyone. Uh, we have a Norwegian uh, donor... Uh, who has replied, uh, who sent a message saying, and this is a kind of ambiguous, like the message said, it's a weird message. You better pronounce my name right. If not, I will only donate the same amount next week. So it's sort of challenging us to pronounce it incorrectly, incorrectly if we want or, more money. Or only, but th- th- there's several is he, levels is, of ambiguity. Is he implying maybe, he's going to impli- uh, give more? If, if we- maybe he'll, he'll donate the same amount next week if we pronounce it incorrectly, but then no more. Oh, or he okay. won't. So we're we're in a bind. We're in a we're in a double bind. Firstly, because we're not entirely sure how to pronounce his name. Absolutely, it's it's Norway. It's crazy. And secondly, not even the same alphabet. We don't know whether we work, we come out better <laughs> getting his name right or wrong. Right. So what I suggest is we try both. I like it. So um, so if everyone wants to give it a go, I cheated and emailed a Norwegian friend of mine. Why would you admit to that? Uh, That's taking away from the coolness of the fact that you're going to get this right. Well, no, I'm not, because I still think I'm going to get it wrong. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> okay. he sent a pronunciation guide, but it's still Norwegian. So we could... Uh, so I'm going to go with a Trygve Ramlet. Or Trygve Ramlet. Okay. That's my, that's my guess. Can I see it? That's see my the name? Uh, let me go... Okay. Trigavihi Ramleith. <laughs> That's the incorrect. That I was playing at home. That was the incorrect. Uh, tr- try again, Ramleithman. <laughs> yep. Try again. Well, that's what happens when you open up a Nimrod in the bottom of the cap. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't win the prize. Yeah. Yeah. It'll Abs- say, no, absolutely, again, absolutely. Well, if the if the Nim base is there incorrectly, then yeah. that rod isn't even going to support it. And, and Andy's attempt. Uh, oh, try give Ramleith. There we go. But I mean, really, if I was looking at it and someone said, give it your best go, and I hadn't heard what you had said, 
I think I would say like Trigve. Trigve Ramleith. Trigve Ramleith. You just so add a little accent and, then it, just, and I, then it works. I, yeah. I, 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 I spent most of my trip with this. I, the first day there, I met this German guy who we hit it off and just ended up surfing together and eating most meals together. Is that what your tattoo is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it was like, it was a funny thing because some days it was the only person I interacted with. My whole day was a, a German person speaking English with a German accent. So like even when I was at, with my own thoughts lying in bed at the end of the day, I, I'm thinking to myself in a German accent, like everything. And hey, it, man, I know what you mean, brother. <laughs> it was adorable because we had, like, it was great to spend two weeks without anybody who was at, at all involved in this industry. Like, nobody cares about anything that we do. Nobody knows yeah. comedy. Like, I was talking to them, even just TV. He's like, I don't watch uh, television much. Uh, sometimes I watch something on my, my laptop, uh, something like. Uh, because you know who runs Hollywood. Uh, perhaps I watch something like Big Bang Theory, maybe Two and One Half Men. <laughs> <laughs> two and One Half Men is super cool. <laughs> so yeah, Two and One. Half I know it's my favorite thing ever. Like I'm never gonna see that show and not think Two and One, two and one Half Men. Like, it's so proper. <laughs> That's Matthias was his name. Uh, Matthias uh, who's become I would say a close friend. I hope I hope I see him again. I hope I feel like two on. weeks like in the jungle. Was it, you're going to be, be a close bonded. friend with somebody? I, I don't want to like go down this. I could I could talk for an hour about the trip, and I, we can get into it later. But like you yes, have, I <laughs> I've told you at least even just the rental car on the first day alone is worthy of like a, a ten page short story. Like the things I I drove through a river in a Toyota Yaris. Yeah, the photo of that miles. rental car was pretty intense. Yeah, I can post. Uh, well, I won't do it on our our stuff. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can see pictures of that's ruined, at Andy T Wood. Yeah, ruined rental cars in Nicaragua. I didn't get insurance that turned out not to be a good idea terrible I should have idea. gotten the insurance but it was gonna make it like really expensive so. and now the cost of a new toyota yaris is. yeah i oh and i took it to this this, this place in granada this city outside of the uh, outside of the main city um and had these guys do like the, it was the most thorough car washing i've ever seen it was like they brought in Harvey Keitel, this character from Pulp Fiction, oh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. wolf, they're to cleaning clean up brain the matter. brains. Yeah, so they're getting every possible. I, I thought there's no way this car would get this clean, and it was for three dollars, by the way. And it was well, they're clearly making your car spotless. a drug mule. That's yeah. what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were. <laughs> and then I take it back, and they do the inspection. And the guy, the motherfucker at the Managua Airport rental, dollar rental car, runs his hand underneath the front of the car to feel. And there's stuff you can't even see, but like because of all the rocks that I hit when driving, you could tell that like I'd I'd scraped up the underbelly of this Toyota Yaris, and I got charged for that. So wow. so close, so close. Wow, that's an intense that's yeah. an intense check. Yeah, rental check. Totally. Hmm. Anyhow, uh, so yes, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you so much for all of those donated. people who donated. That was incredibly kind of you. Um, and as always, yeah, um, probablyscience.com, the little donate button, and also we're going to try something new as well. On the basis of a recommendation, mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, Amazon has a Amazon Associates thing, a partnership, whereby once you're signed up, if anyone's buying something on Amazon, if they click on the little button on our website first, uh, everything on Amazon costs the same amount to you as it always did, but we get a little commission for for give, give us, us a little kickback. So, it so make, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I can't understand. It's too good to be true. Well, well the idea but. is originally, I think the, the the idea is that we we will put up things like books on science, like the books of the guests on the show. Right. So like we've had authors on the show, and we'll we'll put links to their books. But if someone clicks through from our website to Amazon, then. Uh, 
we get the commission for forwarding it onto them. I don't know why we're explaining the business plan that's to the legit. listeners. But, but I've, because I've, I, when I hear about this on other podcasts, it just doesn't make sense but, to me. But that seems that was, to well, that was there's the no extra conceit. cost. Yeah. But now, but the idea is, if you're if you're a supporter of a particular show and sure. you're buying something on Amazon anyway, well, that's if the you thing. go through our store, it costs you nothing extra, and it's just a way you can help support us. And I guess Amazon is into it just because it makes people still be aware go of Amazon and go to, to them. And as if somebody wasn't aware of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what if is you, this Amazon? <laughs> so if you, <laughs> what, you're going to a river? <laughs> so if you go to probablyscience.com <laughs> and, and click on the Amazon button. Then shop as you normally shop would. Shop as you normally shop would. Shop as you normally yeah. would. And but just do it that way, why don't you? And it's ridiculous. And it helps support our show and it does no extra harm to you. Yep. All it does harm to is the many, many thousands of independent bookstores and other <laughs> trading establishments who are being... And everything they sell on Amazon now. Yeah, who they are sell being, everything. probably buy people, so it's damaging them as well. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. damaging everybody. Remember, so, yeah, Amazon used to just be books, right? Yeah. It is, you can buy everything. But now... But that was the original... Clothes and, yeah, you, know, you can yeah. buy everything. Like household goods. I bet you could get goods. a car. I bet you could get a car. Oh, oh sure you can. Sure, yeah. Certainly you can get a car on Amazon. Yeah. You could probably get a Yaris. You could get a new Yaris. I could replace the Yaris <laughs> that I ruined in Managua <laughs> wow. with another one. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, if you, could, if you could do that, that would be great. We would appreciate it. And also, uh, so, yeah, you know, doing, doing Christmas shopping. Oh, perfect. 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 Idea. Yes. Perfect Black idea. Fri- do your Black Friday shopping by first going to probablyscience.com, clicking on the Amazon button. By the way, it was Black away. Friday. Did I have to do anything? <laughs> I felt like I was supposed to. It's some sort of responsibility. It's just the big, it's a shopping day. The day after Thanksgiving is also a holiday. Uh-huh. And it's sort of the official start of the Christmas shopping season. So everyone has so a day the, off. It's the it's biggest, biggest Boxing Day. Yeah, it's oh. the biggest shopping holiday so why, in the why U.S. Is it called black? Because that's right. the day that retail businesses finally get into the black for the year because they make so much money on oh, that one day. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yes. Now, but there's also Cyber Monday. Oh, is that the Monday after Thanksgiving? That's the Monday after Thanksgiving. That's the busiest online retail day. Because is this like Surplus coming towards the end of when you can order your stuff and it will arrive in time? I suppose it could be that. Also, I think people are just back at work. They decide to multitask. Right, okay. You know, they decide to do... task, stop doing their job. And yeah, just yeah, just task. Just task <laughs> okay. in general. Um, and it might be things that didn't get sold in the numbers they were hoping on the Friday. Who knows, right? And maybe, maybe. trying to get rid of... I don't know. Maybe. We're I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. Speaking of online stuff, I believe, Jesse, you've been helping a certain flatmate with a little house roommate with <laughs> This is sort of science-related, I think, right? We can count this as science. Oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Um... Well, Andy, you were gone. Yes. And as you know, uh, when you're gone, I am uh, our lovely roommate Stuart's IT guy. (laughs) Our Um, very tech savvy. Very tech savvy. 60 something. Yeah. Um, Now, here's the deal. So there's uh, there's a Thanksgiving party coming up. Which is an oh, is this what? Okay, <laughs> yeah, is a Thanksgiving party coming up that he's going to now? Thanksgiving for you two, the Brits here. It's an American holiday where we forget we killed the Indians. Right now, excellent. That, and you forget do. that by drawing turkeys around your hand. We forget mm-hmm. that by drawing hand turkeys for some reason. Yeah, um, hats with buckles on them. Hats with buckles, a lot of buckle things. Um, and horns of plenty. Cornucopias. Horns of plenty, and we forget, uh, and we do it, and we sit around and we say what we're thankful for. Um, in the interest of forgetting a, a massive holocaust that covered one day in history class. Now, um, I, <laughs> so um, and that's cranberry sauce and the cranberry sauce. <laughs> uh, so that so that being said, um, Stuart every year goes to the same Thanksgiving party at his friend Dennis's house. He has one friend Dennis, his name's right. Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Dennis will show up and walk into our house like a sitcom. Like he this doesn't house- knock. It's like Kramer. Like he just walks in, <laughs> you know. 
and, and uh, there are many people that fall into that category of people who feel entitled to just walk in. Just walk house. in. Yeah, just come on in. It has that feel to it, though. That yeah. you could, I mean, I know. That's not our fault. This is the first time. I'm not going to knock again. No, I know. <laughs> I know you're not going to knock again. We're going to come in through the chimney. That's how you guys. So he goes to this Thanksgiving party, and this year he's like, so he comes, he goes, Jesse, this Thanksgiving party this year, summer of love theme. It's not a multiple of five after 1967. It's not the summer. We're not in San Francisco. I know, I know. Nothing I know. to do with goes, any of that. Summer it's- of love theme. And I go, okay. You know, I don't know what he's getting at. And he's like, so I'm make. I'm going to be the DJ making some, I'm going to play, make some CDs. And he goes, I need help. I need to learn how to make CDs. I need to get iTunes. So uh, I got to download iTunes for him, figure out how to get him doing that, you know. And then we got to make playlists. We have to learn how to make playlists. Now, this literally takes like four hours for me to teach him (laughs) how to make playlists in iTunes. And he has to buy the songs. And it's weird because I could have just said, like, dude, just give me the list and I'll do it. But I'm not going to fucking do it. You know, so he's so he's he's spent 300 bucks to make these, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and so he's he's going, you know, whatever. I mean, if you want to just like Turtles Greatest Hits. Yeah. Deep Purple needs that money. (laughs) um, I guess Deep Purple is a little later. But yeah. So so his version of Summer of Love, I said, so that's all 67. He goes, no, no, no. It's 64 to 73. I go, that's not not a summer. Not fucking Summer of Love, dude. (laughs) First of all. Well, that's not a summer right <laughs> yeah. um so we have to make the playlist and then uh he has to burn cds next next logical step to burn his thanksgiving mix cds he's very proud of himself yeah um so i give him a cd a blank cd of mine in which to burn mm-hmm. and um i'm showing him how to do it and getting all kinds of fun questions um uh I, so i can record over this on both sides, record on both sides. Which side do I write on with the Sharpie? Which side do I write on? And I finally get them all lined up. This has been like an eight-hour day for me. Andy's in, Andy's in Nicaragua. It's fucking brutal. And then I, uh, <laughs> I get back home, and he's just waiting in front of my room. He's just waiting. He's like sitting on the steps in front of my room right there. And he goes, he goes, need help, forgot how to do something. So I go in, he's gone and he's bought his own CDs. Mm-hmm. Nope, DVDs. They're DVDs he bought. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we, um, oh. it's, it's fucking terrible. And then Andy, you had to do some more troubleshooting when you get home. And yeah, well, Then you had to explain him the concept of like deleting something from a playlist doesn't delete the actual file. The same file could be pointed to in multiple playlists. And I'm trying to look at it from like a child or a foreign person's perspective or something. I'm like, okay, I guess intuitively this, this isn't the most obvious thing. But uh, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, we tried to we tried to help him out. Um, I I did <laughs> I feel bad about this because like obviously a person's browser is private. But like when we were doing something, I didn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I love where, you this, know is where this is going. going. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So I just opened a browser real quick because I didn't know something about that specific iPod that he had. So I just start to Google it, and I'm hoping to not even look at the bar to see what auto. Oh, I can type enough words. Do you type the word I for iPod? It automatically autocorrects. Like that's what I'm saying, right? You know, because yeah, I couldn't even type words fast enough to keep it from showing all the porn sites that it been. Oh my god, (laughs) this is the guy. Our listeners will know this is the guy that said, uh, "Need a new keyboard because this one's uh, covered with DNA." (laughs) And I'm not judging. I'm just saying, like, we owe it to him to teach him about incognito mode, if nothing else. (laughs) Incognito mode, (laughs) right? Sneeze guard for that keyboard yeah, I think he's got a Christmas coming you know Christmas <laughs> around the corner give him a little sneeze guard like a salad bar a DNA salad bar yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that dressing Christ. we gotta move uh, okay, man yes. we gotta this get out of here horrible situation horrible <laughs>
Um, Sorry uh, you had to hear all that, Andy. It's no, Andy. You're you're. Um, we've done so much housekeeping here because um, it's been uh, two and a half weeks or even yeah. three weeks since we've been together yeah. here. But but Andy, you're two and uh, one half. <laughs> two and one half. <laughs> two and one half weeks. Um, <laughs> it really does make it sound like just like some horrendous accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> half man. Yeah. Yeah. Two and one half man. <laughs> this is the story of uh, the, of the male uh, black dahlia. <laughs> <laughs> two and one half. Two and one half. Now he's becoming Werner Half of him as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. This is John Cryer oh. and Ashton Kutcher and this half a man. This yeah, half yeah. Half a man, bottom half, just legs. It's just like the uh, Herbie Hancock <laughs> rocket video does the animatronic legs without torsos. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you live here now? Yes, You're in LA yeah. now. You've, yeah. you've moved here. Mm. That's great. That's great. Oh, Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. How do you find it? Warmer, definitely. Nice. Um, I'm I'm still getting used to the driving thing. That, that's 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 a thing because I'm not really a driver. I haven't. Yeah. I can drive, but I had to. I had to have lessons. So oh really? Said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I've never driven on the right before. Oh so. god, yeah. That's oh, that is yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was terrifying. I keep forgetting you guys do it wrong. Yeah, yeah, we do. It wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we to... were doing it first. Yeah. We were doing it wrong. And to have to do it in the, the scariest traffic conditions in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hear India is kind of scary. But okay. Maybe they come here and see this and go, no, no, this is scary. Yeah. This is way scarier than what we have. But they're yeah, getting used to it now. Just the Indians aren't sort of trying to do a business meeting at the same time on a phone. And yeah. Right. You'll get Calcutta off. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to have suicidal. <laughs> um, I- <laughs> I see that message about, you know, not using your phone like during, while you're driving is really getting through to people. Oh, I Instagrammed that the other day. <laughs> Every, everyone in traffic is on the phone. Like, not just yeah. on the phone, but looking... Watching movies on their, yeah, on their, yeah. I, I, I do it to find alternate routes that have less traffic. You know, I mean, I, I'm seriously using it for a map to avoid having to be among people who are also using their phones and causing traffic problems. Sure, it's sort of a circular. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, I've told you my technique. If someone is crossing a crosswalk in uh, front of you, oh yeah, yeah. extremely I love that. slow. I love that. So, so sometimes you know someone will step out into the road and they're going to crosswalk. Um, they're going to do it right in front of your car, and sometimes they'll but walk. You mean like somebody who's like not even try like they're exerting their right to force you to stop more than they are caring about yeah i don't road. think they need to cross the road because they're not in a hurry at all they're just they're just being an asshole okay. yeah, crossing yeah. the road extremely slow yeah possibly when i drive away he'll turn around and, and go back the other way i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's some weird power play people have yeah, yeah. with the pedestrian right-of-way law so when they do that sometimes people will walk extremely slow in front of my car um and what i do is i have my foot on my f- foot on the brake and I'll give it a slight rev and just look down and pretend I'm getting something off the floor. <laughs> and it really wigs them out. Because they, they, th- they think you're not looking at all and you're just about to... And, and they run. They run out yeah. of the way. It's great. It's, it's calling their bluff. Like this yeah. person who couldn't, who's like sauntering, couldn't be bothered, knows yeah. you have to stop. Don't and saunter like, in front yeah. of my car. Yeah. Fuck you when you're saunter. Do you have to stop for anyone? Like if they step oh, yeah. out to cross the road, even if they're not at a crossing? Legally, yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. What are you going to... Are you going to kill, kill them? What, what, what do you, what's the alternative? Is <laughs> death, well, right? Yeah, but like, you know, like but they might take a few steps and then stop to see if you're going to stop and then if you don't then they obviously don't walk out but like are you supposed to if you see them walking out yeah, legally think, it's always the, the pedestrians is, right away yeah, yeah and yeah. the always. law is I mean they're still jaywalking like if they're crossing a what's not a crosswalk they have like America has a jaywalking as a word which we don't even have like the yeah. idea of a British cop 
pulling someone up, <laughs> like pulling a pedestrian over and giving them a ticket for crossing the road weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a <laughs> it's ridiculous to us too, for what it's worth. Yeah, I don't mean, no, yeah, sound like words. It's like you have a word for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of a, a, um, a, a, a pejorative term because a J is like an an idiot. Yeah, like I remember reading an article about this and how it, it, it's. Oh, is that the same as bozo trotting? Because <laughs> <laughs> we do have a word in it. We're bozo trotting. No, you don't. Oh God! Two and one half weeks in Nicaragua, you guys. <laughs> right. No, I don't well, know who to believe. <laughs> I know. Well, we do have an absurd culture over here. But um, anyway, I was looking at that Diamond Jubilee footage you guys had. That was, <laughs> that was the best. But I'm sorry about our absurd country. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, um, you keep wearing your uh, giant weird like muff hat uh, that you want to. What was weird about Grace Jones hula hooping on top of Buckingham Palace? It wasn't weird. Yeah, it was perfectly normal. Yeah, so sorry about our. That uh, has always been how we've celebrated things in Britain. <laughs> Grace Jones is as old as time. <laughs> Remember William Conqueror famously celebrated his victory over King Harold with Grace Jones with Grace hula hooping on the roof. Well, of is Grace Palace. Jones is it, is it like a Doctor Who thing where there are multiple Grace Joneses through history? Yeah. Bonds, like, well, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's like, more yeah, of a. Yeah. I think it's more of a blue man group thing. There are multiple oh, okay. Grace Jones at any given time <laughs> right, performing, right. Uh, multiple hula hoops at it's different a, jubilees. Gallagher so, too. Yeah, sort of a, and sometimes you'll meet a Grace Jones like in a shopping mall. And your parents will have to explain that's not the real Grace Jones. That's just <laughs> yeah, one of our helpers. Yeah. yeah, it's a Grace Jones helper. There's an age when you won't tell them that, though, because yeah. like, they're too young to understand it. Just let them believe that is the Grace Jones. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to ruin the holidays. Sometimes Grace Jones needs a cigarette break behind the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> Um, dude, I've, I've seen some Santas do some fucked up stuff because uh, because really my, growing up in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, because you guys know my my dad. You've met my he dad. Looks like Santa. My dad yeah. looks like Santa and took the class to be a mall Santa. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, you have to take a you class. Can't drop these things like they're common knowledge. Like <laughs> like you say, you're on dating game shows. Of like. course, I've been on dating game shows, dude. So my dad. My dad uh, took the took the mall Santa class, and it's a big deal class because you have to make sure you don't want to fuck kids. And so, <laughs> so has to be that. it has to be a user blind test. <laughs> right. You can't just have the one question: Do you want to fuck kids? Well, show of hands. Yeah, right, right. They just put a picture of a kid on the board, and then everyone who raises their hand, they're like, "No, yeah. you're out." Sexy or not sexy? <laughs> I'm just gonna turn just flash up different pictures. I'm just gonna like attractive adults, and then in the middle there's like a kid or a dog. <laughs> right, right. Anyone who keeps I'm going to cover my eyes. When I open them, I want anybody who wants to have sex with children to have just left the room. Okay, I'm going to count down from five. Um, I'm going to trust you on this one now. Well, no, you deal with a lot of weird stuff as a mall Santa. Because kids ask you things, you have to deal with psycho parents, yeah. and then and then you have kids asking you things all the time, like uh, "Are you real?" Or, you know, they pull your beard, and and you so they you learn different <laughs> techniques right. on how to deal with th- this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so he was doing all this um, mall Santa stuff. So he got real into sort of researching mall Santas and going and like kind of <laughs> trying to befriend them and hanging out with them. And I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've seen drunk mall Santas. They hang out together, you know. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Of course, I, they I hang, would... you're going to hang out with another mall Santa. It's more niche than being a comedian. Yeah. There's so little people you can connect yeah. with. Civilians just don't get it. No. <laughs> Civilians don't. It's all they want to talk about at parties. I don't even tell people I'm mall Santa. Um, <laughs> they always have the same questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are Easter bunnies in off season. They have the Easter bunny suit. That makes sense. They just fill in any. Yeah. It's like it's like those lots that um, sell like they'll sell fireworks for Fourth of July and then pretty quickly move into pumpkin patch and then immediately right. do Christmas, Christmas trees. trees yeah. It's just someone just owns a field 
and there's always kind of a holiday to make up for. Yeah. And I feel like there's always some old person's lap you can sit on for <laughs> any holiday. Do they still do the lap thing? I thought that they... they oh, you sit, you sit on the lap. You can still sit on Santa's lap. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you be able they, to sit on the lap? Well, just some legal stuff, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You shouldn't be able to, but you definitely can. Well, you should. Like, I disagree. Like, yeah. I think... If they've proven in the class that he's not a pervert, then I suppose, yeah, it should be okay. And your parents are always right there. a jolly old man. Your parents are there. They've got a camera. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For evidence. Yeah. Like, everyone, I I think, you know, as as anyone male is like, you're you're now constantly worried in a way you weren't previously about just doing or saying anything inappropriate near a child. It, oh, it, it's brutal. You're instantly suspicious. Like, I loved going to summer camp as a kid, and I worked at a camp for yeah, one summer. Yeah. And I, it's a blast. I'd love to do it again, but I, like, I hate the fact that even if I admit that's something well, that I would any like... Any male just kindergarten teacher is... Yeah. yeah oh, it's, it, with extreme I, I suspicion. I hate that. It's like, I can't imagine ever letting my kid go on like a camping trip with some adult. Yeah. Like yeah. my kid, you know. But that stuff, like, like, you get paranoid about it, and it's not even on you. I was at a park the other day, sitting on the park bench, and a little girl in a bikini ran up and just sat next to me. And I was like, fuck off! Her, her, her dad's going to come around the corner, and, you know? And he did. He comes bounding around his goofy sandals, and I'm just sitting next to his bikini daughter. And I'm, it's like, I was already sitting here. I wasn't here first. I was, yeah, I wasn't like in the yeah. shrubs, and then came out, you know? I think Brendan Burns is rubbing off on you with this one. No, it just feels a baby girl vagina. <laughs> no, it just feels weird. Yeah, yeah. You know? Or like yeah, if you ever have a party where someone has kids and they bring... Yeah, that's the thing he said. Like, I've had parties where someone has brought their kids and we had either like a slip and slide or something. And yeah, they decided it's okay for the kids to get naked. Like, well, I didn't decide... Suddenly, like, now I can't take pictures at my own party. You yeah. know? Or I'm a criminal. Like, I wanted to be able to take pictures of my friends at my party. Well, let me ask but you guys they- this. And this, I feel, is scientific. I feel this ties into the show, and we do have stories. Yes, yeah, so we will get the stories, stories soon. It's only been We're half an hour. getting to the stories, but we did way too much front-loading. If you stuck through that, thank, thank you so much. Yeah, and Not this too week, much. It was necessary. No, and, and this it was week, three by weeks way, worth. we think we're going to do just just do less uh, stories that listeners have sent in over the... Because we've had we more than lot, enough people yeah. send in. Yeah, we got I'm quite sorry the, if we don't get the to backlogs story, here. But, yeah. um, but, but we probably will eventually. My So here's my question. <clears throat> okay. When you're 18 or older, you can be photographed naked. Mm-hmm. We all know that. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. If yeah. anyone wants to. You can be photographed naked. Now, before that, it's illegal, but not really the whole time. There's gray area there. Because you can, obviously you can have naked baby, baby photos. photos in the tub. And toddler photos even. Yeah. There's like tub photos, things like that. Is that a common thing? Is that just an American thing? I mean, everyone no, everyone's got naked photos. Naked. No, but no, when, somewhere there's a, there's a photo. I think I've got an adorable picture that my my family texted me recently of me. They, like, yeah. I'm just, there's just like one little patch of bubbles that covers okay yeah. <laughs> very tastefully that they yeah, set it up like a, a scene a like your, your mom kind of like it's a fig it, leaf it was weird <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember it being taken i don't remember anything before five um, <laughs> no, um when do you guys think the cutoff it really there's yeah. only like 10 years you can't be photographed naked mm. no i think there's like a good 15 years so you're saying between toddler and like 10 or something it's all right to photograph well from baby from birth yeah until i'd say up it stops at three and say it stops stops at three three. it's mine i think up until eight you can have bare ass (laughs) 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 i'm serious it's like in this context it sounds weird (laughs) it's of course it sounds weird not doing anything but like you know if there's a a funny photo of you peeing on a tree you know from behind it's funny it's funny little photo yeah Mm -hmm. i think eight's quite old eight sounds old eight's getting there 
particularly nowadays where there's been stories of like nine-year-olds having babies. There have really, yeah. Like I think I can't remember what the young, maybe ten, like the youngest person to have a baby was just freakishly young. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah, very young. So like I think I, I don't know. And th- and here's the other thing: if you write to the police saying like, "What's the oldest age <laughs> right. that it's okay for me to photograph naked?" <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. you'll never get a straight answer out of them. <laughs> yeah, they're well, so difficult like that, aren't they? Really they? Are. Oh, jeez. Oh man. <laughs> Got a pervert ask a question? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the pervert ask a goddamn question. <laughs> no, I just think it, you know it's a gray area. It's weird. It's it a is, weird there's, thing. There's, a, there's a, a, um, in parks that I've seen recently, like so where it used to say that the kids have to be accompanied by adults. Mm-hmm. Now it says that adults have to be accompanied by kids. Yeah, have you seen that? Yeah, like, no, what? No, no adults without children. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? In some like, so on on kids playgrounds and stuff. Oh, on kids playgrounds. Yeah. Well, like, sure. It'll say yeah. I think that's weird. Like that it's gone from like kids being accompanied by adults to no adults allowed without children. Sure. It's 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 dealing with a specific problem. I suppose. Yeah, it's saying yeah. it's saying like look. You already need to have a kid you're going to fuck if you're going to be here. <laughs> already have one picked out. Oh, so it's like a swinger party rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, single no single yeah. men. You have to pay extra <laughs> if you show up alone. <laughs> it's just like oh. when women get into nightclubs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's, the, it's, the, it's the dance with who brought you rule yeah, at the yeah. playground. Yeah, yeah. You can't come in. You don't have enough kids with you. <laughs> You seen how many guys are in there? Yeah, yeah. So what, you got five kids? VIP room, VIP. How does this keep coming up on our podcast? What is wrong with it? Like, it, we never actually crossed the line. A bit of line. pedophilia. But, <laughs> a lovely bit of pedophilia. I don't like this trend. No, it's a terrible no, but, trend. But your, your, picture, your thick picture thing, it reminds me of, like, I hate uh, really those... The analogy I'm going to draw is gremlins. You can't feed mogwais after midnight. When can you start feeding them again? Like... It's always oh, after midnight. Like, is it midnight? It's just good midnight call. until sun up. Just make the rule have an end. Otherwise, it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, Mogwai starves to death. Yeah, that's what happens. It's always after midnight. Yeah. Anyway, I've always been I've always been very confused about that. Um, about the cutoff age, I, th- I think three is probably a bit young. I would say four, four or five. Something like that. It depends on the context. Does yeah. creep you, up as you say it. Three, four, five, six, seven. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, no, sure. Three, three. three yeah, cut to three hours later. <laughs> Seventeen. Um, <laughs> I think it's really fine. Jesse, I think I think what you you want us to look at your collection and make the call, don't you? No, you no, no. What I'm saying is, I think it depends on the context. It's like rated R movies or PG-13 movies. Right. It's like a PG-13 in a PG-13 movie, you can show bare ass. Now you, well, can't you used sh- to be able to show breasts. In PG-13? In 1987, a little movie called European Vacation came out. Oh, yeah. It was very yeah, important to me. Yeah, it was very important to me, too. I, I, um, I didn't realize it was PG-13, though. I thought it was I R. think it was PG-13. Um, my, my point is this. Okay. At no age can you have a kid, like, fucking spread eagle laying on some feathers. <laughs> Right, that's never okay, Andy. I'm sorry. I'm s- no, we don't. Us- we usually have more of science than this. I no, swear. you said this is about science. <laughs> this is kind of all right. Someone out there, figure out the uh, logarithm for that. Oh, I'm God. saying it's context. We have a cute yeah. picture of you know who cares. I'm gonna. Well, Andrew Maxwell, uh, an Irish comedian, he says the way around all this is just to send perverts, like adults, to send perverts pictures of themselves as kids. That would circumnavigate the whole problem. We have adults send. Yeah, he has. Oh yeah, because you're already. Yeah, what if I send? What if I send someone a picture of me when I was a kid? Like, yeah, he's like that kid's safe. That kid's me. <laughs> that kid's <laughs> like, and if and if he does try knocking, I'm going to be a lot more expensive to groom. <laughs> wow, 
It's the ultimate loophole. I feel uh, like I said a lot of things in the last 10 minutes that uh, can be really taken out of context. Um, <laughs> things that could be edited but won't be. You know what I mean? Yeah, because so if, anyone, if anyone's into remixing. Yeah, if uh, anyone wants to remix. Wants to take if anyone wants to remix my life in jail. Um, <laughs> I, um, uh, I did look up youngest parents. and wish Science. I, wish I hadn't because oh. uh, I was... I'm trying to find the youngest one that isn't the victim of something horrible. Oh, oh like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like, I think there's there's at least one nine-year-old that was just, like, nine, nine-year-old girl, nine-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Got out of hand and <laughs> got out of hand. <laughs> Things got weird. What says the bouncy castle got out of hand? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know how it is. And then the other story... There, it, the other stories are just deeply sad. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get off this. Let's, let's get off the subject. I let's, was trying to, uh, you, you know, have a very. I was literally trying to have a very innocent conversation there. Um, <laughs> how do you guys feel about ultra fast uh, connectivity? Ultra fast wireless connectivity. You'd be for it, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, I'd. S- s- how, how does ten gigabits per second? How does that strike you? Ten gigabits? Gonna cost me. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking? Wait, you talking Wi-Fi? Is that what I'm, ta- I'm not talking Wi-Fi. I'm talking Li-Fi. That's what I said. Okay, I am talking Li-Fi. Then okay, you said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listener Matthew Cravat uh, sent us. A, thank you, Matthew. Thank you for that email. Sent us uh, an email first saying that he enjoyed the Karen Gillan episode. Um, he listened to it twice because his wife made him listen to it again with her because she's quite the Hoovian. So glad you enjoyed that. A little weird. <laughs> and uh, he sent an article about a new technology that uses uh, LEDs to transmit information up to at up to 10 gigabits per second, and they call it Li-Fi, just for light well, fidelity, I guess. Although even Wi-Fi doesn't really mean the fidelity. It just kind of sounds nice to say Wi-Fi. Yeah, it rhymes with hi-fi. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's very low cost because it would just use micro-LED light bulbs, which are just as simple as LED light bulbs can be. But if you can switch them on and off quickly enough, you can get... Um, you can get up to 3.5 gigabits per second via each of three primary color channels. So you can have a red, green, and a blue channel, each of those getting tons of information by sure. just switching on and off the light and then just reading it another end. And yeah, the downside, some, of course, you have, have to have fast fingers for that. Very fast. Yeah, it's like the fastest, uh, did you way faster try- than Reese Darby at Morse coding. Yeah. Did you ever try it when, you ha- when you st- there were still rotary phones or even the phones that where you press a button but then it clicks a certain number of times? Mm-hmm. You ever try dialing someone by hitting the receiver you, I've I, done that I've done wait that. used to be able to do so you know like rotary phones the way they used to work was each yeah. number would click that number of times yeah yeah. and then like the next level of technology up before they had the tone phones the touch tone phones where you did where you had a little lamb on you those press, that was like, fun yeah but you press like the number three and then it would go click 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 so you could make a phone call by pressing the receiver down lots of times quickly like tapping the receiver. Yeah. Because it was literally, it, it, was wa- just a it wasn't a specific kind of sound. It was just any sound over a certain volume level was I don't know whether it was, it was a sound or whether it was click. actually just, it would disconnect and reconnect. But it was just sending that signal every time the connection was broken oh, and made. Oh, turning on and but off. You could, but you could go like, uh, tap, tap, tap for three, and then tap, 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 tap for four. And you could dial a number like yeah. that. You've actually successfully dialed numbers that way. Yeah, and so is Andy, yeah, apparently. This is how we had to entertain ourselves in Britain. Yep. I mean, we had I had a rotary phone also. It just never occurred. You guys are just smarter than we are. There's, there's the British a, education system is superior. There are a lot <laughs> of weird things like that with um, like early phones where all the tones had a purpose, but then we just sort of kept them around for aesthetic or I don't know for We're tradition. We're just used to the sound of them. Just used to the sound, but but like um, you know, there are ways you could get your money back from pay phones if you had a recorded. A record, yeah, I've heard of like stuff the like dial that. tone. Because it, it just hears that frequency and delivers money. Yeah. And I've tried to figure out like the actual tones of 
because like the grid, you know, the Mary had a little lamb thing, the three, yes. two, one. Those are just like the first, second, and third of a major scale. But then you go below those, and like the root is that, but then it has extra harmonies on it. I think, yeah, because like the one, the four, and the seven are all the same like bass note. Well, I always did nine then, five one, not three two one for Mary had a little lamb. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I think we're talking microtones. Yeah, there's definitely some extra shit going on there. All right, if you guys know a lot about phone tones, write into us. <laughs> um, I bought um, a rotary phone recently, like to be all retro. Yeah, yeah. And it is the biggest pain in, pain in the hole ever because like, if you have to dial a toll-free number, you're there for days, just like oh, and Wait, texting on it is be- just a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, I no. didn't even know they still made. I mean, I thought they made those, but they would just be like, does it work then? Yeah. Yeah, like it's a like it's real, but like my dad. So that technology still exists within the phone system. You can still make a phone call using a rotary phone. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course the technology exists. But no, you thought they'd retire yeah. the old <laughs> the old protocols when you, like when no one has that phone. What anymore. do you mean old protocols? But maybe within that phone, it trans it trans it changes it, that to then be whatever the new way. But of that's what the new phones do. Not like an original original phone. Maybe it's built in the style of. But once it gets into the exchange, it does whatever a normal phone does. Okay, I don't know. But I, I don't know if you I plug guess. like an old old rotary phone just into your phone socket and on a wall. Yeah, yeah, but, but you can you can the jack plug. you can still talk like on those the, you, know you can I mean? still talk on the old phones where you have have to hold the thing up to your ear like those still work. It's all once it's in the system, it all. No, but how do you dial the number? The dialing is the issue. We know that the analog, that the actual yeah, the sound signal part, would work. But how sig- would you actually? Well, normally there'd just be a string that goes between you and the person you're calling. Yeah, so <laughs> two plastic cups. Two plastic cups. Really, a phone, Andrew? Have you just got two cans? That- <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I've got. I think we probably got some listener who knows a bit about phone technology. I'd rather have but, them but write in than have us look this work. up. I, I because to to me it seems like the whole point of the touch tone of all of that is just to it's another way to more quickly transition it into those clicks. Like I think it's still working on like a binary system like that. I have something like vaguely. Well, it might sound intelligent about this. I don't think it. I don't know if it necessarily is. But I think the system before was analog. So you had the jacks because the phone, if I recall, went into the into the socket with a with yeah, the jack. Yeah. Now it's like a little digital whatnot. So the phones. See, that's yeah. where that's where it falls apart. So the phones you've got nowadays are even though they look like the old phones, the connection is digital. So maybe there's something that happens in the unit that turns it into a digital signal, so that when it gets into the exchange, yeah. it's whatever the exchange needs rather than an analog signal. Right, that's it. I'm out. I've got that no makes more, sense to me. No yeah. more science. Yeah. This, is how, this is how Tron was written. <laughs> <laughs> the exchange. <laughs> so anyhow, we should get back to this this Li-Fi because it is pretty interesting. Li-Fi is cool. Um, although, again, I'm I'm interested in the fact that it's limited by line of sight. I don't know if that would make it all that useful, but it's still fascinating. You could do this with just a, with an LED, which Why? again is, is limited, some, limited because you can have fiber optic cables that carry that signal, or or is it not strong enough to go? Well, but fiber then optic? it would not be wireless. And the point of this article okay. is saying that this is a wireless Li-Fi technology. Um, so it only work in the room that it's in. Yeah, so you could just transfer something across a room. It would also the, the argument <laughs> in the article, and then, and then enjoy your aneurysm <laughs> right. at the insane light show. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know how effective it is as a Wi-Fi if you could stop it by just putting your hand in front of the <laughs> right transmitter. Well, that's the thing, but it also says it's more secure because you know someone couldn't in another room tap into that that connection. Right. Uh, and this was a joint venture between universities as universities of Edinburgh, St Andrews, Strathclyde, Oxford, and Cambridge. And funded by the Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council. Um, I guess if it's flickering that quickly, you probably wouldn't even see anything. 
No, like it would just look like a constant it, light to you. It would look like a constant white yeah, light. Yeah, there's no yeah. possible way you could see that that rate of... You, like, uh, you might pick up a slight flickering feeling. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's no, <laughs> the highest frequency. Uh, so no, this is known as the Ultra Parallel Visible Light Communications Project. And uh, the analogy that one of the scientists involved, Professor Harold Haas, made was, uh, if you think of a shower head separating water out into parallel streams, that's how we can make light behave. So you could have multiple of these streams going at once along different frequencies. Um, and Can you turn it into like massage mode? And- oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> they, earlier this year, uh, Germany's Fraunhofer Heinrich Hertz Institute claimed that data rates of up to one gigabit per second per LED light um, per frequency were possible in laboratory conditions. And this month, Chinese scientists reportedly developed a microchipped LED bulb that can produce data speeds of up to 150 megabits per second with one bulb, it seems lower. Hold on a second. Why would that be notable? Um, with one bulb providing internet connectivity for four computers. Um, yeah, the most interesting thing to me is just that I thought that the lights wouldn't be able to, like, light has latency to it. Like, I used to yes. work in in a, a company that worked for that made chips that go into projectors and, and flat screen TVs and things. And the reason some LCDs are better than others is. Um, I forgot if they just call it latency, but when, when a pixel's on, then when it turns off, like there's a, a decay. It there's a fade. instantly turn off. Right. And that makes motion look worse on a TV screen. Of course. You want things to be responsive. So I just wouldn't have thought LEDs could turn on and off fast enough that you could get those kind of rates and that and they'd be noticeable. You well, know, how, how does an I, LED work? Because I know anything like tungsten, like it has to f- heat is literally fading. But LED, well, it's not, LEDs no, it's not, aren't heat at all. It's a diode. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Really, it's not similar to. So why a isn't that an instant cutoff? Is I, it just? I guess it is. is. it just a fade to our eye? Uh, I'm looking up. I'm, t- I'm going to tell you exactly. Rightly, it's. It, isn't it dropping from just what a higher energy state to a lower energy state and emitting light in the process? I am not sure. But I would, I would think the fall-off would only be visible to our eye, is what I'm saying, instead of uh, instead of like an actual fall light fall-off. You're saying it's a latency in our eyes and not in the actual light? When you're, when you're talking about LEDs. Yeah, because with tungsten bulbs, the, the fall-off is just because it's physically heating yeah, a piece of metal. Yeah. And then it you takes time couldn't. for that to cool down. Yeah. You definitely couldn't do it with a light bulb, because that's going to take time. And the Wikipedia so Don't even page try, guys. For- <laughs> Any listeners thinking about trying to do it's that with light bulbs? the slowest internet ever. You're just an idiot, really. Like, yeah. why would you do that? Don't I mean, you could, but it'd be very it. slow. Um, well, that's, that's very interesting. That's a uh, life Yeah, fight. that's a promising technology, um, and it, it's much more energy efficient than existing wireless radio systems, given the ubiquity of LED bulbs and the fact that lighting infrastructure is already in place. Um, and you could use lots of different frequencies, so... Um, could that work for... Uh, I, I suppose they could do something with that with internet satellites. Uh, satellites in space, so that there's no interference... Uh, but there is uh, degradation of the. Li- I mean, you, I, I would think, and this isn't what the article says, but I would think that like a, you'd need a laser at certain distances because an LED isn't isn't a concentrated beam. Right. You know, the and energy. People are always suspicious when you start putting lasers in space. Good call. <laughs> like, what are you planning? Good call. Lasers in space is all. Yeah. We we forgot to ask our guests, by the way, Annie. We normally ask our guests before we start getting into the stories. What, if anything, is your science background? Oh, right. Okay. No science background. <laughs> Although I did do uh, all right at chemistry. That's cool. But then I, when it came to making decisions about, you know, further education and stuff, I realized there's no famous chemists. So I went for like media and film and stuff like that. Are there any famous chemists? There's a, it's certainly famous in the science world. Yeah. yeah, but like famous, like 
like famous, <laughs> famous, yeah. famous. Yeah. Well, so was that that was your goal? That was well at the time. Th- was I'm, fame? Yeah, it's six, I'm 16 at the time. So oh, sure, I'm not sure, making sure. like you know maybe sure. the most adult of choices, but uh, yeah, and not yet legal for naked pictures <laughs> by anybody's definition. Nope. No, no, nope. no. Although I didn't do them uh, in the end, but um, yeah. So that was that was what happened. I left the chemistry behind. But I didn't do too badly at it. Physics, I got really poor grades. Like I think I got a D for my GCSE in physics. But I chose What's the it. GCSE? Um, so that's the sort of They're the exams you take when you're 16. Yeah. So there's two in Britain. There's two main stages of exams. Yeah. In high school or equivalent of high school. So there's GCSEs at 16 and A levels at 18. Okay. And. Now there's AS levels, which is beforehand, which is like halfway to A. Like they break it up more. When I was at school, it was like two big exam periods right. at 16 and 18, and they def- basically decide everything. Okay. So which is the test you have to take to, um, to like phase out, to, to get out of the orphanage? Which is the one you have to pass before yeah. they let you? Oh, that's a dance. Oh, okay. There's a okay. That's yeah, not yeah, a written yeah, exam. That's, yeah, a, that's, yeah. that's a harmonizing and like... You know, is how well you can be part of the routine. Okay. Sure. Now, do, does every, everyone uses their brooms to do that? That's like a broom, sort of a. Broom you don't have dance. to use your broom, but you do have to do the naked picture thing. <laughs> mm. That is yeah. one of the criteria for getting out of the orphanage. Very weird. Yeah, which is why there's a, a lot of times that gets people in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times that gets people in the orphanage. Which is yeah. weird. <laughs> Surprisingly, you're better off here. Yeah, your parents are going away. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have uh, a bunch of other um, listeners who've sent it. Uh, see, there's one thing that we could get in. We could, there's a road we could go down that is almost as prurient as the naked pictures, I'm but so it sorry. is scientific. No, I, I was, you know, it was a I'll weird put it question, to you, Andy. but I didn't. We at some point we started talking about why it is that it's hard to when you pass gas, why okay. it's hard to separate yourself from it and why it sort of follows you. We've had actual scientists write in <laughs> about yeah. that with lengthy analysis. Lengthy. Do you want to talk about that or not? Does that wow, interest gosh, you? Wow, that's really interesting. There's a, uh, yeah, so we, we, started, we started talking about why fart... Like, let, let's start with a, with a very careful language. Why do farts follow you into a room? Right. Why, yeah. when an elevator opens and you think, I'm just going to do this, then step into the elevator, does, is that not successful? Never successful. No, there must be some sort of backdraft or something that, something of the equivalent. There's, there's a, a, a lot of things at play, as it turns out, because wow. fluid dynamics are incredibly complicated. Uh, we had two different listeners write in with uh, one of whom we'd already name checked. Oh, which one was that? Uh, the first, the first uh, writer was. Hang on, I've, I'm going to get all the pieces of information. Uh, well, Andrew Garrard. Had we talked to him before? Yes, or not? he was our and he was our fluid dynamics lecturer who had previously helped us with the wingtips, the winglets. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So we pre- on a previous show we'd wondered why we started talking not very effectively about why those winglets that have now appeared on all planes right. you know like when you get a com- on a commercial plane now the wing doesn't just end the way it used to now there's like a little bit that sticks up oh yeah right okay um, and isn't that to stop the monsters going onto the wing well that's one of the reasons but it turns out it has another use and that is that it improves the efficiency of the plane ugh second right mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and not just the efficiency from lack of monsters but it's it's to stop uh, <laughs> what, what it does is uh, again remembering he gave a very comprehensive answer that uh-huh. was accurate uh, but it's to stop wind it's to stop the airflow from being able to s- circulate around the tip of the wing wow okay it used to the standard ones that just ended there because of the different speeds of air that are flowing over the top you'd end up with a circular effect and a vortex and that vortex is high air resistance 
and that decreases the efficiency of the plane. Okay, that's that's the only effect of having this. So so having these winglets, right. yeah, having the bit that sticks up stops the air from circulating around the edge of the plane. Mm-hmm. It basically blocks that. And that means you don't get those little vortices forming, and that improves the efficiency of the of the flight. Uh, so you're saying that if you don't want your fart to follow you, you need a little winglet. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Right, just a little. Out of the back <laughs> that's of you exactly what you need. Just to mm-hmm. stop the stop it from circulating. Right, yeah, okay. sort of a disperser. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so he wrote is that why animals have tails? Yeah, so they can sort of swish <laughs> exactly. away the bad well, that's smells. That's actually another story we're going to have to get into. Yeah, we got to get into that. Of, wagging, of tail wagging someone. Well, before we get to uh, Andrews, we had a shorter email from Chris Hale, who I believe is a previous donor, maybe just an, a Chris Hale is definitely a previous frequent donor, yeah. writer inner. Um, and he was saying he's guessing it's the result of the low pressure area that develops when you're walking into relative wind, resulting in a von Karman vortex she- vortex sheet. Which I looked up on uh, Vortex Street. I'm sorry, why did I think it was Sheet? Vortex Street, a von Karman Vortex Street, which um, is a handy little animation of on Wikipedia. We can post this on the actual description of the episode on probablyscience.com. Um, and that's the phenomenon when a uh, wind travels around, when a fluid separates and travels around a blunt body, and it's what's responsible for uh, like telephone wires singing sometimes, or that like your ante- your car antenna vibrating at certain speeds. Um, creating these like, repeated vortices going either direction behind you. Um, so I'm not sure if that would explain... I mean, I get the sort of idea of, yeah. in general, the low pressure behind you and a vortex kind of curling the air back around as you're trying to walk away from it. Um, but Chris suggested maybe we'd call these Von Fartman vortex streets <laughs> instead of a Von Carmen. Sure, um, sure. That is the longest That's, setup. Yeah, it's, <laughs> not, it's not even really a pun, but uh, but then we had a longer and multi-tiered explanation of some possible reasons from Andrew Gerard. If you do, you want to start into those, Matt, or should I? Uh, I don't have the. I can't get the email oh, up okay. in front of me right now. So. Uh, well, he he gave the first of many things that are going on when. Uh, okay, so. He said, first, let's consider how fluids, gases are fluids, how they move about. There are two mechanisms involved called diffusion and advection. Diffusion is pretty easy to understand. A gas will move to oppose a concentration gradient. So if there's lots of fart near your bum, it'll tend to spread the fart outwards. Yes. Um, And that's just kind of any, that's, you know, why things diffuse across the membrane. You know, high concentrations want to, entropy, I guess, is what this is, right? So it'll diffuse and... um, It'll tend to spread the fart outwards, so let's assume there's like an advancing spherical wave of smell. Uh, An advection is the process of moving the fart within the gas as a result of the air around it moving. For example, if you blow it with a fan or are walking away, (laughs) the fart is advecting due to the motion of the air. So that's independent of the just diffusion of a concentrated thing wanting to go towards area of less concentration. So it's a combination of diffusion and advection that'll decide the concentration of fart anywhere in the room. Um, and he said that could produce a nice analytical model of the propagation of the fart. Uh, if we want to avoid it reaching our noses, we'd need our nose to advect the air at a rate fast enough to keep it away from the, let's call it, sphere of influence that'll be spreading into the room. Um, and he said he's guessing that farts are primarily composed of methane, which I looked that up. It turns out, uh, you pointed this out, methane is odorless. Methane is odorless, yeah. And it's not mostly methane. Like 99% straight, of... That's, of, that's uh, straight shit fiber man that's the, that's what you're smelling it's like you're not smelling the methane well here according to wikipedia according to wikipedia uh over 99 <laughs> hey man that's shit fiber over 99 percent of the volume of flatus which is the scientific term for the gas that you uh, ex- exude when you pass it uh 99 of it is non-smelly gases including oxygen nitrogen carbon dioxide hydrogen and methane um and the smelly part is a combination of 
Um, what's this? Shit the, re- the remaining trace, less than one percent volume compounds, give flat acid smell. Historically, compounds such as and I don't know why the, I don't know why they start with historically. Historically, <laughs> compounds such as indole, scatol, ammonia, and short chain fatty acids were thought to cause the smell of flatus. Oh no! The, okay, then they say more recent evidence proves that the major contribution to the smell comes from a combination of volatile sulfur compounds (VSCs). So it's known that hydrogen sulfide, methyl mercaptan, dimethyl sulfide, dimethyl disulfide, and dimethyl trisulfide wow. are present in flatus, and um, those are the things. So anyway, so it's not methane. So I don't know if the rest of his argument about this is. Uh, as relevant he was just saying methane is a small molecule so it'll diffuse very quickly but the more interesting part of all this i think is something he actually wrote a paper on uh like a uk government sponsored paper <laughs> this is what the british government does these days <laughs> yeah yeah but it wasn't specific to farts but just uh the principle called the personal cloud and the basic premise is that <laughs> <laughs> people are hotter than the air that surrounds them at least they are in the north of england where he is hey they are in la man and <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And as cold air comes into contact with a warm person, uh, the density reduces, that, that gas expands, and it becomes more buoyant, and it travels upwards. The result is that humans typically are walking around with this column of air rising upwards around their body <laughs> the whole time. And the reason the government's health and safety executives were worried about that is if people were walking around with, with nasties on the floor, in Andrew's words, there's a tendency for their personal cloud to pick them up and transport them uh, to near also, their so mouth like, and nose. That, like you're almost an elevator for grim stuff on the floor. Right, yeah. Uh, like it's, yeah. Just, it's like Donnie Darko, but instead of that thing coming out of your chest, like everybody has this. Yeah. When I picture that, I just picture everyone having this vortex so I, I guess of... The, the, I guess the, the answer here is that if you do fart, um, stay still. No, but and it'll that, disperse quicker because then you won't have the. Um, no, not necessarily. What I'm getting from, well, first of all, none of us. This is a very, he said it's very complicated. Also, the situation is simply too complex and will require some serious computing situation. horsepower. Situation <laughs> makes it sound like um, the Middle East or something. But no, it's a com- it's a but, complex scenario. But the the, yeah. the personal cloud thing makes sense to me because. Uh, yeah, like, there have been times I'm like, how did this get around to reach my nose? It doesn't make any sense. But if there's this constant sort of upwards uh, sure. air around you. I guess, I mean, look, either way you're going to smell it. I what mean, do you mean it, either way? I'm saying whether you move or stay still. If and, you run and, fast enough, If you I'm run sure fast you enough, you can't outrun your fart. But I'm saying if you, we've, we've all done it. But Although yeah. maybe that vortex will keep it, I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't know. We've talked before on the show about the end of Stephen King's It. Where <laughs> what happens the kid gets on the bike and outruns whatever it is that's possessing him. Is that what happens? Yeah. Oh, I, don't, mm. I, don't, I didn't actually read. It wasn't the big. This was in the adaptation. I don't know whether it's in the book. I never read the book. So oh, maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe if, if a can, fart has possessed you, if you can outrun a if ghost, if you can place your friend on the front of your bicycle and cycle fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So there's definitely would, yeah. there, there's there's more there's more to this, guys. This isn't the it's end. A com- this is a complicated situation, yeah, and that's coming from fluid dynamics doctors. Yeah. So um, so there are the two. Not nearly to the bottom of this. Should, should huh? we go to something a little bit more highbrow, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, this this was in all the newspapers. One of the biggest news stories, science news stories, I think of the of the past two weeks. Uh, piss scientists. Uh, urinal or urinal scientists, depending on where you're, whether you're American or British, uh, have built an artificial urinating penis to investigate splashback. <laughs> Very important. Andy, I'm so sorry you had to be here Wait for this episode. Wait a second. What, what do they mean? What's and were they splashback? unaware that artificial penises have been around forever? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <Since> <laughs> <is> the <dawn laughs> of, it's like the oldest thing they've found. 
Artificial <laughs> penises have been around forever, but ten, they tend to uh, they tend to be solid and non non leaky. Sure. As opposed to these ones, which are flaccid and spraying. Okay. Sure. Um, I need to. I need to now. I've lost the story. Yeah, I didn't. In, in I didn't. Mind. You didn't tell me about this story before. Yeah, right? I didn't. It was, I, didn't it was I don't know if I heard by, about this. Uh. Um, it was emailed in by many, many people. <laughs> was, wow. Uh, I'm going to Google Splashback in my Gmail right now to see if I can find it. Oh, it was a, yeah, a huge number of people uh, emailed in the story. I think, I guess, um, here's one version of it from fizz.org. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it's it is about our show. It's a fan fiction site. I don't know what it is about our show, but for some reason when... When a story came out in the news that a group of scientists had built an artificial urinating penis to investigate investigate splashing uh, in a toilet environment. Well, as long as it wasn't all in vain. They, they immediately thought to email us. I'm um, Thank you. So this is a, a team at BYU. Uh, they set up a water tank and nozzles emitting colored water to mimic the natural flow of human urine as it leaves the body. They then filmed the action using high-speed cameras. Sure. A scrutiny of the video allowed the team to see... Uh, clearly which sorts of techniques cause the most or the least splashback. They also set up another tank to mimic sitting on a toilet to pee rather than standing up at a urinal or urinal. Should we go around the room and give our own st- strategies for how, where where, and how we aim to avoid yeah. splashback? Yeah. Because I have a definite You have stra- a definite yeah. splashback spot? Not it's, I, it's all angles. Like I just go for whatever is going to be the least close to perpendicular to the stream. So if there's something like the sidewall that's almost parallel, I'm going to go for that because for the most part, the angle of incidence is going to be equal to the angle of reflection and blah blah blah. Whatever. Sure. You want to have like the least. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever go directly at the back wall. That's that's insanity. Well, that's, well that is insanity. Well, yeah, you can't yeah, go back. Wall, I definitely do that. I definitely go at an angle. So, and that is one of the things they do recommend. So that yeah. it, so that the it glances off rather than hitting yeah. perpendicular. Right. Mm-hmm. However, here's something. What that, if it com- what if it comes out of your penis already splashing? <laughs> like, I mean, with me, it's does it's, this article address sputtering? Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> have they have they added a modifier to this experiment? For, well, here's something. Foaming and sputtering is that a, a condition? <laughs> here's something you might not. Have considered um how close do you think you should stand oh um hmm okay uh, there could be two schools of thought on this because I, maybe I'd say there could be three <laughs> <laughs> any more schools of thought <laughs> anyone do i hear four do i hear four schools of thought i'm trying to outthink this article that i haven't seen uh well you can second guess it to an extent you can imagine that it might be slightly counterintuitive given that i posed the question so maybe stand farther away is better okay no i was gonna okay maybe it's double it's yeah, intuitive far, then oh, wait, they want you to stand. put your penis in the wa- toilet water. <laughs> that's exactly yes <laughs> <laughs> which would prevent prevent all splashback oh okay i thought taking pictures of kids naked would be disgusting but that beats that that is the most <laughs> disgusting I'm so, you're so, idea you're so unpleased with me I'm, I'm so sorry I'm just the worst uh, I swear this isn't always what our podcast is no, like oh, no it's we'll not see. it's not it's, it's, uh, but in the water so actually put it in the no, water no no no, 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 no. That's, that's, that was just Jesse being gross that would be amazing gross. put uh, it in the water and then but what happened I mean that would work some back up <laughs> oh, in your video, I don't oh, yeah. know the science. I didn't mean to bring this works. puppy down. I'm sorry about that, Andy. Uh, um, let's just, just talk about sucking back in the toilet water. And- so, so here is one thing. 
it does say that you should stand as close as possible. This is something that hmm. I st- I tend to stand a little bit further away, just to minimize so anything that does splash back has to travel it further. Has to go f- yeah, yeah, but the risk of that. But it's got a higher velocity then, hasn't it? If well, it's not only that. It's something called plateau, uh, plateau Rayleigh instability, which is where a, a pea stream, or indeed any stream of liquid, uh, after a certain point, breaks up into drops. Um, yeah. So you if go. you've got a stream of if you've got a stream of liquid, when it first exits the jet, it's going as as a solid stream. But the further away it gets, the more it breaks up into droplets. Okay. And mm. once that happens, then there's a level of instability um, that each individual drop creates splashback and they will interact with each other okay ah. so which creates got, spray surely right so you're <laughs> so you're actually you're better standing closer wow see in the water is not such a crazy idea then it's not that mad <laughs> well it does say the most effective thing to do is to sit on the toilet and then lay down paper because the paper dampens the impact lay down paper on onto the surface yeah, of the water yeah put yeah put oh, okay. paper on the water Huh. Oh, also, seen... here's another finding. Okay. Uh, another surprising finding. Many detergents that uh, that are used to clean the toilets tend to make the problem of splashback worse because it reduces surface tension. Uh, so I buy that. Dirtier, yeah. So dirtier toilets might be less messy. Wait, less surface tension would make more splashback? Uh, yeah. Because then the water's going to liberate itself more easily. Yeah, because if you oh, think, okay. um, again, you, you, you're wanting to avoid this instability... Mm-hmm. Water has a natural uh, has a natural charge and a natural cohesion. It tends to want to stay together in larger droplets and larger streams, uh, but obviously forces can break that apart. The other thing that breaks that apart is detergents and certain cleaning products. Mm-hmm. So if that's on the surface of the porcelain, yeah. then the liquid that hits that will break can up into droplets more apart. easily and will, there'll be more spray. It's called the meniscus. That is one yeah. thing I remember. You yeah, yeah. Miss Dandiosha right here. <laughs> that is, isn't it? Yeah, if you're measuring water in a the height, measuring the height of a liquid in a test tube, you always have to go to the bottom of the meniscus. And when it's going over the top, is it also called? I forgot. If it's if you filled something beyond full, and the surface tension is keeping it, I thought the meniscus that, was it was, was it, it only it was the in your knee? Cave. It's also in your knee. It's also a thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, thank you for sending that in, people who like to have people. us talk about pee and farts. <laughs> yeah, thanks for many, sending many th- people send yeah, that in. Thanks this for one, s- thanks this for sending that in, Germans. Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kelly, could have been anyone. Um, could have been yeah. <laughs> they were watching uh, perhaps something like Big Bang Theory. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, and uh, two and one half men. Um, uh, that's great. Okay, this is a this is a very clean and good fun everybody's gonna love this one nobody's gonna be offended no one's gonna get weird uh, michael kingsley wrote in to tell us about an article uh that says that dogs recognize and respond differently when their fellow canines wag to the right than they do when they wag to the Dude, left i jerked off a dog one time oh. <laughs> no, i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to. Yep, yep, I just yep. wanted to take it into a mountain. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Could have seen that coming. Yep. Yeah, that, that was pretty obvious. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, people. Do you have a dog, Andy? Nope. Do no. you like dogs? Yeah, yeah. They're all right. They're all right. Yeah. <laughs> they can deal. They can take or leave a dog. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. All right. Yeah. They're okay. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a dog lover to no extent. To That's no not extent. true. You fell in love with that little. Uh, what kind was that? I said there's to no extent. I love dogs. Oh, I thought you meant to no extent. Like, oh, I see. As to in not, not at all. Not at That's all. what I thought you meant. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would. Is that I, an earthquake? No. What was that? No, not an earthquake. The chandeliers are fine. That was, maybe, did Gus get inside or what? I heard that. That might have been a little earthquake. No, man. Oh, the, the chandelier would be, this This stuff would be going weird. 
Um, okay. If any of you know, please tweet us some um, <laughs> earthquake <laughs> at, okay. at probably science. Something weird just happened. Okay. Something weird. We'll look happen. it up. You can look up the, uh, the whole house. Just uh, we got some some paranormal activity. Do we action. have any either seismologists or ghost uh, ghost hunters. There must hunters. be a site you can go to to instantly see. If yeah. U- USGS.gov. Yeah. Okay. I'll check, check it out. Um, Anyhow, so dogs. So. Yes, I love them to no extent. You're right. I said it wrong. It sounded weird. I love dogs. You love dogs. Love them. Ours maybe not so much, but it's not our fault that he's a piece of shit dog. Sure. He's, he's not. Sure. It's not our dog. It's our roommate's dog, and he's not uh, not well taken. Well, care I mean, the, yeah, there is. Uh, I think he's a well-meaning dog. He's well. He's, he's very well-meaning, but but you it's know, Pavlov was right. He's before before Andy and I got here. He had eight years of being uh. an asshole shoved down his throat. So. <laughs> <laughs> and as Jesse likes to point out, when I moved in here, I thought he was much older than he is. Uh, it's my favorite story. It's my favorite story. He was just like kind of scratching himself one night, and Andy'd been here like a week, and he goes, "Should we like have him put down?" And I was like, "I was like, I think he's like six. <laughs> solution to a dog kind of being uncomfortable was to just kill it. Looked like he was on his last legs. It's man. the kindest I'm, thing. Yeah. It's the kindest thing. I'm, just to merc- end. I'm merciful." Yeah, I'm nothing if not merciful. Um, okay. Anyhow, it's like, you're like you're just unplugging people in hospitals. It's like no, he's not on his deathbed. He's forty. Oh, yes. <laughs> Went in for a knee operation. <laughs> you killed time. him. Uh, put him out of his misery. He was having a haircut. <laughs> you just smothered him with a pillow. Yeah. I had a. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bad person. I had a cold right. once, and I caught Andy pumping CO2 into my room. It was awful. <laughs> so you might think that a wagging tail is a wagging tail, but for dogs, there's more to it than that. Uh, dogs recognize and respond differently when their fellow canines wag in one direction versus the other. Um, this was reported in the Cell Press Journal Current, Bi- Current Biology on October 31st. Spooky. Um, and these findings were also showing that dogs, like humans, have asymmetrically organized brains with the left and the right sides playing different roles. So if the, left side, if the wag is to the right, it's being initiated by the left side of the brain. If the wag is to the left, it's being initiated by the right side of the brain. Which side means the dog's more creative and which side's more logical? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. uh, dog, this is why dogs can't find their keys, because uh, dogs are from Mars. And women, uh, um, so let's see. When the dog wags to the right, they're feeling positive emotions, like, like when they see their owners. Um, when they wag to the left, they feel negative emotions, like seeing an unfriendly dog or me, um, as as Gus would probably do. Uh, and that biased tail wagging behavior reflects what's happening in the dog's brain. And um, what's interesting is it's not just that that, that shows what they're feeling, but then if, if they see other dogs wagging in one of those directions it also influences the mood of the dog seeing that wag mm-hmm. so um, hmm. are you saying Gus doesn't like you after you tried to have him put down when he was a teenager <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, look, so if, if, wags, if researchers so wags show aren't symmetrical no they're no, always no. leaning to a sign they're not always um, I actually I'm not sure if they're uh, I don't or is it just talking about the first stroke of the wag? No, wags and ge- if you watch, hey Gus, come here. Well, Gus is a, he's a terrible example. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he walks sideways. <laughs> he's all biased. Everything he does is to the right. We'll we'll have a link to this up on probablyscience.com and not he on the article. Even come when you call him, like where where is he's, the dog? He's miserable. Oh, he's a miserable dog. <laughs> okay. 
But this has a very, un- what I thought was unnecessary, they have a video of a dog showing what wags look like in each direction. I was like, well, yeah, that's what a wag looks like. But I guess for people like Jesse who don't understand, here, you can look up my shoulder here and see what the Does little, it really little look demeaning. Like but, no, I'm just know. saying like it's, it's wagging to one side only. And then it shows no wag. Oh, good. Which looks good. like a dog standing there. And then it shows the left wag. Yeah. So if a dog sees a video of another dog... Okay, but that's, that's done with a high-speed cam. I mean, it's slowed down, though. Why does it matter? It's, yes, th- it tends to either go, like, one way or the other. And it reflects their mood. And uh, researchers showed dogs videos of other dogs with either left or right asymmetrical tail wags. And when a dog saw another da- dog wagging to the left, their heart rates picked up, and they began to look anxious. And when the dog <laughs> saw another dog wagging to the right, they stayed perfectly relaxed. Hmm. So it goes to show you, don't don't get your dog's tails docked, you fucking That's assholes. What are or, you doing? No one but, should want to learn more about your dog. But then it could also make other dogs not be, that dog's never going to put off another dog because they're never going to be able to do that left, that evil left, that sinister I've left I've seen leg. some tail docked dogs put off other dogs. Put off other dogs. You just have to do it in other ways, you know? <laughs> um, I Here's a story uh, that Brian Macken from Oxford sent in, and... Here's another counterintuitive thing, and I'm not sure I agree with this necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, he points out that we've got grief in the past about spoilers. We've, I think, particularly Breaking Bad spoilers. Breaking bad like, spoilers. We, we've never we, had we've so much some spoiler grief. Yeah, negative email as the time we accidentally said we accidentally mentioned a plot point on Breaking Bad. Yeah, uh, not the final plot point. It was the final. The biggest. Not it the was final a season point. four plot point. But still, uh, people people were very upset about that. Do you watch Breaking Bad, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yep. You're yep. all caught up. Yep. Uh, we will say nothing about We're that. We're not going to spoil case. it. Just yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm now caught up as well. I now finished the series and very much enjoyed it. But uh, but for about... There was a good two weeks where Andy had finished the show and I hadn't... Where I had to do the la-la-la-la-la and run out of the room <laughs> with my... Gonna listen. Uh, fingers in my ear. Um, and by Andy, I, of course, I mean Thomas. Right. Uh, yes. Um, so, so this story is about the spoiler plot paradox. Uh, this isn't a, a new story so much, just a relevant study to something we've, we've spoken about recently. Um, this, is, this is a study uh, in the journal Psychological Science that suggests that knowing the ending of a story before you read it doesn't hurt the experience of the story and actually makes you enjoy the story more. Uh, this is called the spoiler paradox. Researchers Nicholas uh, Christenfield and uh, Jonathan Levitt from the University of California, uh, San Diego Psychology Ex- Department, construct conducted three experiments with 12 short stories uh, from authors such as John Updike, uh, Agatha Christie, and Anton Chekhov. Oh, those guys are bummers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the stories included ironic twists, mysteries, and evocative literary stories. Um, in two of the conditions, they gave away the endings of the stories. Uh, one of these conditions gave away the ending with a spoiler as an independent text preceding the story, and in the second condition, the spoiler was incorporated as an opening paragraph for the story. Uh, the last condition had no spoiler. So they were the three, like the control The control experiment had no spoiler, mm-hmm. and then they had the spoiler included in the text, and the spoiler included as a, as a preface to yeah. the whole story. Um, was that something that they wrote themselves? I guess or it that is. that was already part of the story? No, no, I guess this is yeah, something they, they wrote be- themselves. So these are stories with twists or ironic ending or whatever. And then and they, they, they wrote a little. It's prologue. harder to get Chekhov these days to yeah. Uh, help yeah. out with. So the they stuff. added they added either a prologue or rewrote the opening paragraph of the story. Yeah. Now, did they do that? Uh, see, I don't. I don't mean to interrupt the story. I'd be interested to know if they did that in that author's voice. 
as if it was intended to be the story. I would imagine they had to have done it. I it don't seems know like the second condition, they they're trying to do it that way. The second condition was trying to be part of the story. But yeah, it'd be hard to artfully have an opening paragraph that's like, this story is going to end with a sled that says yeah. Rosebud on it. Oh, On to the story. Jesus. <laughs> um, hmm. So the findings of this story indicated that in each type of story, um, ironic twist, mystery, and evocative story, the participants preferred the spoiled versions over the unspoiled ones, and they preferred the stories even more when the spoiler was included as the introductory text separate from the story. It's like someone outside of the theater telling you the thing before you go in, basically. Mm. Yeah, so they, they, enjoyed, they enjoyed it the most if it was the equivalent of someone standing up before the film and going, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the arc light. Uh, you're about to watch a movie in which it turns out that the butler is the murderer. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's just, and everyone likes the story And more. it turns out that that was the most preferred, followed by one where the film starts and the opening character goes, so uh, the butler was the murderer. Here's how it happened. <laughs> and then the final one was the one where it actually plays out with the mystery. Well, wow. That's a surprise. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with any of that. Uh, it, does, it does seem surprising. It does seem I, very counterintuitive. It's one study, but I mean, this goes on. This is a sort of lengthy article on Psychology Today that gives some interesting theories about why humans like story in general and what the purpose of stories are and how if you can get out of the way all this, like almost that that plot part of the ending to the story is not as important as all the meat of the yeah. story. No, it's not as important as how you got there. Yeah, so the end that, that lets you just not have to worry about that and just get to absorb the communication of the story Yes, itself. but that almost, in my opinion, that creates, like, more tension. So, yeah, that'd be more enjoyable. Think about, like, American Beauty. Like, it opens by saying, like, I'm dead at the end of this movie. Right, right. And then the whole movie is figuring out how he died. Well, that, someone could spoil that for you. Like, why are you even considering the opening a spoiler? It's no longer a spoiler if you if you include it. But you have to assume these stories were chosen because they're really twist-driven stories. Like, if you had like, a, a, a Twilight Zone episode... I guess it is very hard to control for because you are... I, I guess what Jesse's saying like, is you're changing... You're changing, you're changing the way it's read. It's no or, longer a controlled experiment because you're changing too many variables by changing the opening. You're making it a new story, essentially. Yeah. You're making the... You're making the art of the story, watching how it unfolds, which, yeah, can absolutely be just as pleasing. Um, but they give some good d- defenses for classic stories that stand the test of time that we all know how they end, but they still... Like the, the Oedipus story, yes, he's going to marry his mother, kill his father. The Trojan horse, they're going to hide up inside this wooden thing to get inside the walls of Troy. Right. Like Those are twists, sort of, but they don't ruin the timelessness of these stories and they still become part of our culture and they're going to be told for ages mm. and no one's going to be like, don't, uh, I don't yeah, want to hear what happens with the Trojan Horse. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's different. I mean, that becomes part of our culture. We well, that's what they're arguing that is ends. that all of these things, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's what makes a story t- timeless and that you don't need to have that one and the things that you can watch repeatedly and still enjoy. And, like, I love watching Twilight Zone episodes after looking them up. Like, there's so sure. many and there's too many. There's some that are garbage so I'll let go to like fan sites where they'll list their favorite ones because they're all on Netflix and I'll find out oh, that sounds like a cool one and then I'll watch it and sometimes I accidentally read too far and get the spoiler but I still it's, if it's is, good enough it's still there's hmm. a difference between a spoiler in a TV show and a spoiler in a movie because a movie is a discrete singular story 
Whereas if you say, I'm not going to say anything about Breaking Bad, but if you gave away a plot point, you've spoiled that episode, even though you haven't spoiled the whole story for somebody. Right. Oh, we Where spoiled those... the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You went that far? <laughs> oh, we've done it. But you know, the, all uh, the little like chicanes and stuff within one episode... Like that, that's something yeah, that's, that's quite joyful. That moment where you go, ah, oh, this has happened. Well, have you gone that's back the- and rewatched any of it? Uh, no, it's no. quite garbage. <laughs> <laughs> really? Absolutely. If that's, you know oh, what's coming, it no, I'm, re- seem, I'm rewatching not- the final season right now with someone, and it's it's like it's not garbage, dude. It's <laughs> it's you really you're like, oh, this is a fucking soap opera. What? You know what I mean? Like, Rocky serious? soap yeah. opera. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a soap opera. I mean, yeah. Oh, they're gonna end on a cliffhanger. Great. But I, you know, I don't know. Like I know certainly. There's also a difference between something like Breaking Bad, with it, that it's not the spoilers aren't twists. They're not like who done it twists. It's not or or like big M Night Shyamalan right Shyamalan uh, twists. They're more they're more like suddenly oh that's why that was done reveals or yeah they're, they're reveals or surprises just someone will someone will die who you're not expecting to die no. or something will yeah. explode that was that you weren't expecting to explode and that. And that is a joyful For moment. For example, say that was that no, was purely in the abstract. Hypothetically, someone might explode. No, I think it was it was a masterfully done show. Uh, but I'm saying rewatching it after it's been spoiled for me because I've watched it already. It's nowhere near as enjoyable. The whole the whole thing was like, how's this going to end? You know, yeah, I, mean, I not- had a couple of major like a couple of major plot points of the final season spoiled, and it was maybe part of me not enjoying that bit as much was just the sort of. I just felt I was missing something. I was like, yeah. when I was watching, I was like, I was missing out on the experience that my friends had of seeing that without knowing that it was about to happen. Yeah. Like, the opposite of stuff being spoiled is because obviously you get a lot of information in film trailers that they're essentially uh, yeah. spoilers, really, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I avoided all the stuff for Terminator 2. So I didn't see any trailers. I didn't see anything. I just went and saw it like straight away. And I mm-hmm. didn't even know Arnie was a good guy. That's how much oh, I avoided. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm but nobody knew, even people. with those trailers. Oh, could you, did you not know from the, the trailers? Did not oh, give away that he was a good guy. Maybe reviews or something like that. I would have said. I guess maybe reviews. Yeah, but, yeah. So I had no everyone idea. thinks he's a bad guy until um, Bad to the Bone starts playing. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's when he grabs the kid and goes, you know, yeah, come yeah, with yeah. Me or whatever. But that's like thirty minutes in in the mm. mall scene, you know, and that's when you realize, like, oh shit, God, that takes that was the most fun, dude. That movie's fucking that. amazing. Still, it's still again, amazing. It's not garbage. Is no, no, it? yeah. still no, amazing. I love Terminator Two. That was Terminator like, Two is it was it's two my year, dad's favorite movie. Of a two-year two year period when they were like everything that someone my age at that time wanted to see. Like Total Recall was the year before. Like Die Hard Two. Dude, I remember that, that period. That, that ninety ninety one. Predator. Like Predator, all the, all the uh, like everything. The best. <laughs> just those movies are just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Total Recall. Awesome. God, that blew. I loved that so much. Total Recall was great. Okay, my, well, I should point out as well. By the way, Bri- uh, Brian Macken, who's sending this story, is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Dead um, the whole time. My, my Good I, I have a problem, Andy, with your Iliad argument. Mm-hmm. Um, because we will never know what it would be like to read that story for the first time, unspoiled. Right. There's no way to That's compare not that to yourself. So yeah, the it, la- the latter half of this article is more just getting into kind of uh, Joseph Campbell style theories about what it is that draws us to story more than a scientific analysis of. You could do anthropological experiments where I'm sure you can find cultures who've never experienced these classic stories. Yeah, don't know sure. how Romeo and Juliet ends. Mm. Sure, I mean it would be maybe a waste of an anthropological study <laughs> just kind of go read this book. <laughs> yeah, <Bye." laughs> yeah, ru- you, yeah. There's some weird old words in it. Right, yeah. Yeah. ruin a whole culture for some Dickens <laughs> to get <laughs> to get some Dickens out there. 
Uh, John Truby says, you know, the guy that wrote the anatomy of storytelling or whatever it is, he says that the joy of a story is in the re-reading or retelling of it. Because when you go back the second time, then you see new stuff in it. Like that Breaking Bad is garbage <laughs> the second time. <laughs> no, it's not. It's obviously a masterfully done show. It's It's not as... The tension for me, the tension and release was the show. But do you not get different things for? Yeah, you know, I see, I'm wire. like, oh, that's great cinematography, but it's still a, f- it's still a fucking primetime show, right? It's still 30 frames per second with like tense music. It's not. I'm not looking at it now like this. Like it's not a Pollock painting to me, or whatever. You Which know what I mean? Be I'm good not- or bad? Huh? <laughs> Which would be good or bad? Wait. Wait, wow, good call. Oh, okay. um, but you know, like say in the wire, where like they um, cast a lot of people that sometimes didn't appear for um, maybe a few episodes or yeah, the yeah. following season. Like if you were to go back to season one, you'd see all these characters that actually didn't appear until. So it was little things like this tapestry that was that was being woven that you didn't know because you hadn't seen the whole context. But now, if you go back, you'll go, "Oh, that guy yeah. was actually working in the docks, and he doesn't even appear till season two. No, or whatever, whatever. I, I think there are absolutely ways to appreciate something again but i think i think that this is um i think applying any science to art is is uh things things get too subjective at that point it's Mm -hmm. like people have all kinds of different reasons to some people liked watching breaking bad because seeing a guy with a shaved head made that's the only way they can come (laughs) you know what i mean so like i don't know Like, and it has to be that guy as well. Like, with Kojak being off the air. <laughs> right, right. We, yeah, we, we can't like... We, I just don't think we can apply universal rules to this. CeeLo Green on The Voice is not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But actually what but Andy you know was... What I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. What Andy's saying lines up with what the co-author of the study was saying, um, whose last name is Levitt. He was saying... Um, like, to give the example, the Trojan horse and the Oedipus story. Uh, they don't decrease the engagement of listening to the story. And it could be that once you know how it turns out, it's cognitively easier. You're more comfortable processing the information. You can focus on a deeper understanding of the story. Like it's it's gotten out of the way that sort of concern for following the plot or worrying about what's going to happen, and now you can just sort of take in. Why isn't takeaway that maybe Homer was a shitty author that should have included the ending first? <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, this would have made it better. Maybe his editor wasn't that good. Because I think lots of stories should reveal the ending first if that's the type of art you're going for. Is the meat of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing is that then you're getting into these artistic intent questions of like, do you want your thing to be easy or do you want people to, to have the initial? It's like the Pepsi challenge that always resulted in Pepsi winning because in small doses, yes, Pepsi is sweeter it's and sweeter. it does taste better initially. But drinking the whole can of it is disgusting. And yeah. Coke was and Coke made new Coke try to compete, but they were competing for the wrong thing because the, what you really want is something that's satisfying for a full can. And Pepsi was gross and too sweet. Yeah. According to, was that like some Malcolm Gladwell book or something? I don't know. So maybe it's like that. Maybe this is uh, people's reaction. Is it there? Yeah, I like this better because it's spoiled, but maybe you don't want to give them that as a person creating a story. Well, there will always be more spoilers. I mean, if I could use my American Beauty argument again. I don't even know if that's a spoiler, though. It's just like a plot device. Because, I mean... Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. It's a plot device, but... but Was that even the the crucial... That wasn't the crucial twist of the movie that is that he dies, you know? Like I would argue if if you started the sixth sense with like well the crucial yeah, twist is up you to you know it yeah because if you if if Be- uh, American Beauty started without that then it would be the crucial th- twist at the end right so now the dies. crucial twist becomes who kills him now if someone tells you who kills him 
the crucial twist becomes why. Mm. And it, it's just... I, I see what you're saying. It's always based saying. on the information you already have. There's, there's still... So then be... you, could, you could still re-spoil American Beauty by having another prologue before that that <laughs> says, oh, by the way, it's going to be the I've got a th- crazy neighbor because of a gay thing. I've got a three-hour prequel just text DVD <laughs> just. to American Beauty. Um, and it, it starts during the Revolutionary War. It's very... Very weird. It's only a spoiler if someone says it is, isn't it? Because like you wouldn't say, "Oh, I watched Gandhi," but someone told me he died. Because like, <laughs> you know it. That's the, like in, right, that's right. common knowledge. Oh, sh- sorry, <laughs> dude. So sorry. But that's like common knowledge, isn't it? So that's why you can tell true life stories in in film. That's in why cinema. you can. T- Wait, what, oh, sorry. But, That's why you can tell true life stories because the ending is not the most important thing. It's like you right. say, it's the meat it's of it. It's how it happened. But, yeah. yeah. But then, but then, of course, the, yeah, there journey. could then be another spoiler that reveals other crucial plot points. You could like yeah. it was an Indian or something. Yeah, I think what yeah, just saying like whenever you whenever you reveal something else, when you whenever you reveal something at the beginning of a film or a book or whatever, yeah, there then becomes that then asks another question which you could then respoil. Right, right. Here's a question. When you find out about something that's coming out soon, it's based on a real event that you don't know much about, do you then avoid filling yourself in on that so you can watch that movie and not... If it's, and not- a, if it's based on a true story, I, like, I, didn't, I purposely didn't read any articles about Argo, about what, uh-huh. like, yeah, about yeah, what yeah, yeah. really happened. Because whenever mm. anything's based on a true story, I know that Hollywood's going to have screwed around with the facts enough that if I know the facts, I'm not going to enjoy the film. I'm, oh, not, okay. I'm not reading um, Ender's Game right now. I um, anybody? <laughs> well, I, th- that could be a serious. Qu- uh, someone else no, I know just read it because they're excited and want to read it before it no, comes it's, out. It's it was supposed implying to be good, it was right? a true story. Oh right, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Okay. No, but like, I read. I read uh, when I started watching Deadwood. I couldn't resist then looking up because um, you know half those characters are real people, and I don't know. I didn't know at the time how was oh, it? Wild? I was confused. All the wild versus buffalo over the wild wild Bill Hickok, right? What? Was one of the? Have you guys seen Deadwood? You're talking about like no. places to get wings. Oh, Wild Bill Hickok, Hickok uh, is one of the people who is real who is in Deadwood, and that, so I, you know, I, I wanted to go look up to see how. And then you find out like, oh, these people, this guy survives this. This the ass, ass, asshole character never gets punished in real life. He goes on to another town and just lives to old age. And this guy dies in a poker game, and it's like. Did well, I ruin that or did well, I not? The Hunger Games have made their own spoilers, haven't they? Because they've said that there's like four films. So it's pretty, oh. pretty certain that she's going to be in all of them. Yeah, yeah. So. And there's a garbage. Did you watch that first movie? Mm-hmm. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was all right. I quite liked oh, it. okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yes, it was great. I, I, uh... No, you, but you're entitled to not like it. That does, no, I have not... to have the same opinion as my guest. That's the <laughs> right, rule okay. on the podcast. I hated it. <laughs> I, we have talked about this before on here, but there is the thing where uh, when something is a true story... Sometimes the actual story is so unbelievable that they have to tone it down yeah, for the fiction true. version. Like in The Wire, um, you know, the, the character Omar uh, survives a, uh, a crazy fall, mm-hmm. you know, a three-story fall or something. The real Omar, the real guy in Baltimore that they based that on, survived a six-story fall. But they said, well, we can't, Jeez. we obviously can't put that in. No one will buy that at all. Mm. Or like uh, the, the, the Johnny Depp, John Dillinger movie. Where he he you know makes the um, uses soap and shoe polish to make the fake gun, and like holds up a few cops, in, but it's like two or three cops in the movie. Well, the real John Dillinger, he escaped from prison. It was like twenty cops. He got them all in one cell, <laughs> but they just couldn't. They're like, this looks too Hollywood. Yeah, the yeah, real yeah. thing looks too Hollywood. That's crazy. And and also the other thing that you were saying about how Hollywood has to change stories sometimes. 
for a movie to be satisfying, it has to hit certain plot points, and um, you know, because life doesn't. That's sometimes why they just have to do that as yeah. well, because yeah. it's just not gonna. I just people just like not. Then, like, it's, then it's a character study. I just then watched um, Philomena, which is uh, Judy, Gen- Judy, Judy Dench. Dench and Steve yeah. Coogan. Uh, Steve Coogan co-wrote it as well, uh, and it's a story about this uh, this woman who is Irish woman who Judy Dench plays this old Irish woman who had to give her kid up for adoption. And it's and Steve Coogan's a journalist who ends up helping her track the kid down. Mm-hmm. And there were def- there were a few things in there that were like it's all based on a true story and it's based on a book that ended up being written by the real journalist about the real woman. Um, and there are there 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 are definitely things in that movie that are very much for the story. Mm. Like yeah. you know there are things that are just a bit too neat or things that fit together in a yeah you do that because that way it makes a ninety minute arc yeah. rather than a yeah with peaks and troughs rather than a sprawling seven hour thing right right that never is that isn't quite as neat but yeah human but human i don't know whether i enjoyed the film in. less because that was in there or not i'm not sure right right my life so far has been split up pretty evenly into <laughs> which three act acts, are you so. in right now because <laughs> well that's the scary thing yeah, yeah i was gonna say yeah, I, I um just yesterday reconnected with my mother so i don't know really <laughs> 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 it's actually my oh. vision's getting a little dim <laughs> <laughs> I just fade to black. <laughs> That'd be so weird if that's how you died. If you just faded to black and saw credits. If that was like the, if that was like the well-known, like instead of your life flashing before your eyes. You played by you. Right. Yeah. It's like, I, really, oh, I, I hope just... there's like a funny bit at the end. Yeah, I hope yeah. there's another scene. Spoilers. Some outtakes. Oh, Definitely. man. I hope this was a Marvel film. <laughs> or at least like, can you just freeze frame me high-fiving myself up in the air? <laughs> Carry on the way yeah. <laughs> That's my ultimate high-five freeze-frame song. It is... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you've you've sung that more than once on I the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember back. But yeah. it's my favorite, like freeze frame, just pause in midair. Mine's any way you want it. That's the way you need. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> any way you want it. That's the way you need. <laughs> could be anything from any Rocky movie, though. Too could be. Yeah, really just absolutely, like, absolutely. And you and I, Andy, have discussed at length the um, getting the old team back together montage, oh, which is yeah. our favorite part of that's, any film. I want to see one of those, but then after they've all got come back from whatever jobs they were in, to do one last job, I want that job to be just like an accounting job. Like everybody just has <laughs> yeah. to meet in a cubicle, well, the thing is, put is, on their short sleeve business shirts and just get some numbers well, crunched. And when, audit someone. When, yeah, when, you're getting, audit, yeah. when you're getting the old team back together, the thing you have to keep in mind is that is that one guy refuses to come. He goes, no, I don't do that anymore. But then at the last minute, he walks you see in like his silhouette and he, and, he, and he says something like a, someone's got to keep an eye on you guys you know and then and then the two this kind guy of know story you guys yeah and then the two like main characters kind of like smirk at each other like yeah. smile at each other you know someone always has to uh, like remove a welding mask right yeah. oh I just want a whole movie to be a getting the team back together yeah. montage it doesn't fall I want the thing that they're doing the thing that they're eventually going to do to be producing a getting the team back together montage for a movie <laughs> Just, like that, we got a movie, but we don't have the getting the team back together montage. All my guys are doing different stuff now. <laughs> I got an editor, but he's gonna be hard to get, man. Ah, oh, man, my Foley guy. He's a, he's a welder now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see MacGruber? Yeah. Oh my god, have you seen that? I have no. not. It's one of the biggest flops of all time, and one of the funniest movies ever made. MacGruber. It's the Will Forte movie. It's like a. It's sort of a parody of MacGyver, but oh, it's based, on, it's an based on an SNL sketch. Okay. But it's so fucking fun. That that yeah. mon- that getting there's the team some killer back getting the team back together action is okay. one of the fun. And I I could even spoil what happens once the team's back together. Not, it would not even be less funny. But I won't. Well, but because I won't. We've, we've we disagree on this. We disagree on uh, this based on. <laughs> and I guess it's different for jokes maybe than it is for stories. So yeah, spoiling jokes is a no go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go rent Gruber, like a, Gruber. Um, it was to get to the other side. So uh, why did? <laughs> 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 it's 
it's worth trying. It's worth trying. Um, there, have we got time for? There's one. It's not even a full story. It's a piece of listener mail about. It's a criticism of something that we said in another story. Oh yeah, Let's that's right. It. Sure, we got time. We got time Let's to. Do do it. Um, you can always critique us. Really Will Pitchers emailed in, and again, as always, uh, we've mentioned this a few times throughout the show. Probablyscience at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at probablyscience if you have any comments, questions, clarifications, and leave or an iTunes review, you- will you? Yeah, write something nice on iTunes. That it costs, really helps. The costs two nothing. things you can donate money, but the, which is always incredibly welcome. But the two things you can do that help us a lot, which don't cost you anything, is uh, leaving iTunes reviews and nice ratings. Uh, just even just clicking for an individual episode, clicking the star rating, that really helps us. That helps as long as you click like the high end of the star, like yeah, five. Just click on the five. Because, on yeah, five. Don't click on. Don't be a douche. Why would you even? Um, and the other thing you can now do is the Amazon uh, little button that costs you. If you happen to be shopping on Amazon, I'm not. You know, please go to your local bookstore and support that. But if you happen to be shopping on Amazon uh, and you go via our link, it costs you no extra and yep. it gives us some money. Um, but uh, Will Pitchers was uh, wrote in because on episode 88 we were talking about uh, non-coding DNA, uh, which oh, yes. had, a, had an effect on the shape of the face. And we described it, uh, or more accurately, the article that we right. were reading out described it, because we don't know enough to even get it wrong, let alone uh, get it correct. Um, we described it as junk DNA. Yes. And as a biiologist, which, uh, which Will Pitchers is, he says... Uh, the it's like the biggest slur. He says it's like a red rag to a bull for a biologist. Uh, and a red rag to a bull is like a red rag to a bull for animal behavior experts <laughs> who will tell you that red rags don't actually get bulls mad. But that's a different story. So, it's a different yeah. story. So yeah, it's like a it's like a moving object within the eye line of a bull. Right. <laughs> to a yeah, it's like a chair to a lion to a rag of a bull animal <laughs> biologist so, sayings guy. So what we described as junk DNA, he says, first, of, firstly, uh, transcriptional regulators are a big deal, uh, but also the focus of a bunch of work these days. It's weird that he started the e- email by saying, dear queers. <laughs> I think it's probably, like, I, I just don't know if I can take what he says, that his critique that seriously. He's really mad. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. So uh, I, should, I, I just had to slightly make that clear, just because yeah, no, we do get people who do write in like that. Oh yeah, uh, people do write in like that all the time. <laughs> so I just want to make clear that please, we'll... please stop doing that. Actually, it hurts our feelings. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't write in like that. <laughs> but dear as well. He's very proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just hey queers or whatever. It's yeah. like dear queers. <laughs> Signed with a quill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um but um so the uh but these regular regulatory sites, while non protein coding, are not part of the fraction of non coding DNA that gets called junk. Um so there is so there's a difference. There is a difference between junk DNA which and uh non protein coding. Non protein coding DNA. DNA. Uh apparently P. Z. Myers has written something about that on one of his blogs. Uh and Will says he writes better than he than I do. That has described it better, but um, but all non-protein DNA, all non-protein building DNA or assigning DNA would still be considered junk DNA. It's in the larger umbrella uh, no, of that. No, it's, he doesn't want it to be considered that. No, so getting. completely so, separate things. Yeah, so I, I guess I guess what he's saying is, and again, I'm I hope we're not screwing this up a second time. Will please write in again when we get this <laughs> wrong. Um, so I, I guess we're you, you, we have this idea certainly from school that DNA tells the body what protein to make and how and when and and this article about face shape was saying hey there's this dna that has a big effect on the shape of your face that has nothing to do with the proteins that that it's telling it to make it's from the bit that isn't telling it to make 
uh, proteins. Yeah. Right. And and we went, so this junk DNA has an effect. Right. And Will are saying, this isn't the junk DNA. Yeah. There is there are bits on the DNA thread that don't have any that don't do anything. That isn't it. Right. This, okay. do, this isn't junk. It does have an effect. It's just not an effect on which proteins it makes and when. So okay. maybe the story wasn't uh, worth reporting but, on. Or well, no, maybe I think it's it still was, interesting. Well, I think, no, I think, I think it's, it's a semantics issue, really. I, well, is I think we still learned, I still have learned that, pro, that DNA, that there are bits of DNA that don't specifically make certain proteins. They're all yeah. on so still, keyboard. That still have an effect on the shape of, on what happens to your body. Right. right. And which shape your body ends up. But so if anybody else has an equivalent expertise in anything we've discussed today, feel free to write in and tell us. And yeah, I, us I, I always love it. This, you know, yeah. I, I love it when we have just comedy fans and and laymen who write in and take part in the show. But when people who actually have special no, it's always knowledge, a, it's, it's always yeah. mind blowing. It amazes me when people who really know their stuff listen to it. It amazes me that they're they're willing to lose the brain cells of listening to our show. <laughs> and of course, they're they should prefix their email with dear quiz. Dear quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Every email we've taken anything yeah. from this last Please. conversation, it's that. Yeah, keep it polite. Yes, keep it. If you're going to be homophobic, at least be courteous. <laughs> yes, exactly. absolutely. All right, queers. We got to wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah. I think it's time to go and uh, have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Yes. Have a great Thanksgiving, um, Andy. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Um, I guess on my website, andyosho.com. and that's A N D I O S H O. And your Twitter at andyosho as well. That's the one. And so you'll be doing gigs uh, mostly around LA for the moment. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. When are you back? Much. Are you doing a tour in the UK anytime soon? Mm, no, not anytime soon. <laughs> it's a good feeling, <laughs> isn't it? It's really <laughs> lazy. No, uh, I'm doing nothing, man. I'm just sort of are you are you allowed to go back to the UK? When, uh, when, is I've, this a gray area? What I have happened? to bring some stuff, but yeah, I'm allowed in. I'm allowed <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> um, so yeah, do check out Andy, and there's loads of stuff online, and uh, she's very very funny. If you haven't already seen her, please do. Uh, and as always, email probablyscience.gmail.com. Tweet us at probablyscience. Thank you so much for listening. It's nice to have everyone back. Welcome welcome home, Andy. Uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, glad I made it back. back. We're glad Your we're henna back. tattoo is... <laughs> Fading quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, listeners. We'll see you next, we'll see you next week. week. Bye. Bye. Bye.